It's the After Laugh. You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the After Laugh. After Laugh. Welcome to the After Laugh. After Laugh. After Laugh. After Laugh, man. Go ahead, pull up a chair. Podcast, I know how this goes. <laughs> hey guys, Bill Dawes, welcome to the Afterlife. I'm here with uh, Leah Lamar. How you doing, Leah? What's up, Bill? I'm doing great. This, this has been the weirdest start ever. A for real a adventure, I would say. I'm amazed that Leah's still here. So I'm also amazed that I'm. I'm actually wondering if I have self worth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, your need for validation is so bad that you suffered through the past hour. How long? Do you want to no, say it's, it's an, an hour. hour? So, okay, I'll tell you what. What, ha- what we start anything with what had happened was <laughs> it just sounds like a terrible excuse. But you also so, know it's probably a bad story. Leah was like, "I'll come over at seven. And she, by the way, in my defense, mm-hmm. most comics aren't that punctual. I'm usually not that punctual. I just happen you to were be nearby. Spot on. I know, and I'm so sorry for letting you down and not being late. Um. So I was like, uh, and then I had like a little emotional, someone was like going through a, like a drug thing and they were freaking out. Oh, you I didn't tell me about down. that. Yeah. That ju- and I was like, I got to go do my podcast. And she's like, no, I'm, uh, and I was like, shut up. I got to go. And I go to the laugh factory to get my computer. And then Godfrey calls me and he goes, yo man, I heard you were arrested in Egypt. So I have to tell him that story. And then you're calling me. I mean, I think you called me twice. Only once. I'm not a psycho. I texted and then <laughs> and followed then up like, with a oh, phone fuck, call. Oh, fuck. I got to go. So I was, I was late coming here. And I get here and there are other people here. And you suffer through them. Uh, and then I said, okay, let's get going. And I get all the equipment. Oh, and- yeah. You made me do small talk. Thanks yeah, a lot, Bill. Yeah, you do Bill. small talk. I thought you thought more highly of you know their names? Me. The names of the two guys? JP. And? And he's Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> that narrows it down to half of Los Angeles. True. And the world. And the world. Um. Yes, he's a Mexican. JP and a Mexican. That should be their podcast. That's a good band name. JP and the Mexican. Uh, so she talked to them. She did small talk. She was she was she was doing very well. I went to get my podcast equipment and it was gone. You think I was doing well? I think you were doing well. I've been really working on my small talk. Thank you. You weren't being uh, a cunt. I needed that. <laughs> if you're usually a cunt, you were holding it down. Wow. Thank you for You're like, hi, you stood up, you shook hands like an adult. I'm very proud of you, Leah. Thank you. I was holding so, back all the things I wanted to say. By the way. I hate it when people say, I'm proud of you. Like, if you're my dad or mom, you can mm. be proud of me, although they're not. But when a peer says, oh, man, you booked, I'm proud of you. Oh, wow. I have a lot of comments to delete on other people's posts then. Do you say that? Do you say <laughs> only? I feel like women say that a lot. I, I only say it to people who I know need to hear it. Does that make sense? Where I'm like, you're not getting this from external sources. Okay, interesting. I'm like, I know what your family life is like. I'll just, I'll just throw in a little. I'm proud of you. But don't you think when you tell someone that you're proud of them, that you need to have known them for at least twenty years? I know what you're saying. It's kind of like when you book something, someone's like, "How did you get it?" You're like, "What do you mean? How did I get it?" <laughs> like, I got an audition, and then I auditioned, and then I went to a callback, and then I went to producers. It's like, what? What are you trying? What are you? What are you asking? This is how most actors are. When you book something, I have a friend, and I'm going to call him out, Amir Arison, on the blacklist. He's on the blacklist. It's like season eight now. Okay, so he's a so working he's, he's actor, a, like an, a huge series, super rich. And but huh, I go, oh, Is he I single. Ah, uh, <laughs> sorry, I keep think going. he will be soon. Hell yeah, Amir Arison. He's a Jew. Was he your friend having the drug problem? Um, no. Oh, uh, he's a very straight-laced guy. But he, 
I remember I told my book something. He was like, oh, man, that's cool. Congrats. And he's like, oh, man, my agent's got to get me out more. Like the first, the second sentence was, man, my agent needs to get me more auditions right after congratulations. And I'm like, dude, you're on a TV show. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, God, that sounds so name droppy. Ugh, let's delete that. It's so gross. Yeah, Bill, you're disgusting. Ugh. I've been inside your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, so it's what... actually pretty tidy in there. Really? Yeah. No. Well, for a guy. Um, usually it's much better to have my laundry in the bed. That's anyway. what we all say. That's what I say every time someone comes out. Oh my God, it's not usually like this. Do, do, it's literally always like this. Don't you like how um, my apartment is just a bed? Yeah. It's all my apartment is a bed. It's a bed room. It's like I bring girls <laughs> over. I go, hey, let's hang out. Wait, there's just a bed. Well, I mean, what do you expect? Kidding. Uh, I've never done that. But here's my point. Mm. Sounds like you had it down to a two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like it's not like it's not like you'd be like, hey, let's let's like watch TV. You know what? I appreciate in this my room because you said to me, do you want to hang out outside my apartment? <laughs> yeah, I usually don't let people in my. Wow, apartment. actually, I'm offended, Bill. Would you not find me attractive? <laughs> well, I do not. I I have. You could ask anyone who's been on this podcast. I do. I do everything in my power not to make them feel uncomfortable. Mostly not by having my apartment door open. Wow. And you're like, can you use my bathroom? I'm like, Ugh, it's up to you. You did actually do exactly it. that. <laughs> it was tidy. Um, I will say the um, antibacterial instead of hand soap was interesting choice. Like the hand sanitizer. Oh. That's a guy thing. That really? In like, I would say nine out of ten man apartments, <laughs> the hand have... sanitizer over soap. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, I... girls don't love it. I wonder what that's about. Stupidity usually. Maybe because when you soap, it gets wet, and then you don't have a holder for it. Um, someone took my soap holder too. You know what? You need a lady. A you need here. a lady to come in and revamp your I life. Need a lady, one hundred percent of the time to do everything for me. Yeah. It's so so me sad. too. All right. So let's get to you. This has been this has been yeah. An can we talk about my favorite start. subject? So yeah, it's great. So Leah, <laughs> I, I, your name came to my attention because someone had recommended you, and then who was that I, person, Bill? I'm not going to say names. You've name dropped your friend Amir, but you won't say the person who recommended Amir Harrison me. Amir on NBC's The Blacklist. <laughs> so who was it? Um, actually, I don't even remember. I think it was someone from Liar, uh, Liar, Pants on Fire. No, I don't. I'm serious. I, I don't think it was Tommy Wakefield. But, Definitely not Tommy. Uh, but it was. Was it a woman? So it was a name. I, I go. Oh, she's she's newer comic. So how long have you been a comic? Four years. Four years. You shook your head like that's not a newer comic. That's a very new comic. In the scheme of comedian time, yes. But in the scheme of comics in L.A., no. What do you mean by that? I feel like people come and go a lot. So you feel that I feel like people you... start and they stop a lot and they give up or what? I think there are people who are doing it because acting You're gonna say isn't the wrong working reasons. out. You're going to say, oh, okay. Yeah, they weren't here for the right reasons. One of the best jokes on Twitter... I remember, and I used to be a yoga teacher, so I really appreciate. God, that. I love a good Twitter joke. The joke, joke. was: <laughs> um, actress plus ten years in LA equals yoga teacher. That hurts my soul. Doesn't that hurt? It hurts my soul too. Yeah, actress plus ten years in LA equals married to a man with money plus <laughs> yoga teacher <laughs> or Pilates teacher. Yes, um, yoga so Pilates. Yeah, I definitely have known a lot of... I don't know a lot of male comics who've quit. I feel like when male comics quit, you're like, oh my God, someone quit. Like, it, well, same, I, I think it's hobbyists. Thing. That's more what I mean. People who like dip in and out or like, oh, I'm doing a show and it's always a bringer show. Yeah. Those are kind of the people I'm talking about. Yeah. People who like to just add it to their resume. Like, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm like, are you? Because yeah. I haven't seen you in five months. I think there are a lot of people who don't... Um, 
not to judge, but to judge. No, well, it's look. It, it's a, people come in to stand from so many different angles, mm-hmm. so it's already, always hard to know people's authenticity or what their reason is. And ultimately, it doesn't really matter what their authenticity is. When I came in to stand up, I was coming off of I was being I was on I was on a soap. I was basically a soap actor. I was like a theater actor and a soap actor in New York. That's so odd. You don't have any soap in your bathroom. <laughs> Did it torment you? Hey now. Yeah. That's why, Is that's this why, thing on? <laughs> that's why we only got hand sanitizer in yeah, there. Because they were traumatized. They, I got fired from my life to live. Um, I Sorry didn't get fired. That, they Bill. just didn't renew my Sure, thing. call whatever you want. <laughs> I was supposed to be the first gay marriage on daytime TV. On they weren't ready live. for that. And they, they set up, they spent episodes setting up this gay marriage. And then all of a sudden I was like, what the fuck happened? And then all, and the next thing you know, I was like, one more episode where I was like, oh, yeah, me and, me and Tim got married. And then I left. And I think what happened is it was during the Bush era. And I think George Bush was like, I don't think gay should get married. You and just did a sudden, Donald Trump impression for like George a, Bush. It's like George Bush and Donald Trump combined. You know what I just thought about George W. the other day? He what? really was America's sweetheart for a time. <laughs> is it funny that we look back and we go, oh, George. We miss George. Yeah, because he was a not harmful idiot. I don't, By think, the way, I don't think he had malice. By the way, I think in 20 years... The next time we have a Republican and president, people are going to be like, Donald Trump, he was stupid, but he wasn't a bad person. Because believe me, there will be more evil You think that we're still going to have humans as president? Well, we're going to be aliens, I am babe. Aliens. <laughs> or AI. The robots are for sure taking over. Oh, if we still best. have humans, I'd be impressed. Robot? They're going to... They're going to make clones of themselves that are better than the real ones. They're mm-hmm. going to take over us. They're going to imprison us like in the movie Us. Mm-hmm. And then we're underground and we're trapped there and our clones are above ground. As you know, they I think would be secretly a good wipe premise, out the real ones. Is the robots imprison the humans mm-hmm. and the animals like the dogs and the cats and even the cows and the chickens. Save which us. Eat, they, they get together and they save us. Because we treat them better. Even though we treat even them like we shit. Even though we treat them like shit. They prefer our shit. And then after over they the, save us, we're like, oh my God, thank you, cow and chicken. And then we still kill them the next day. I mean, we were hungry. Um, we suffered. We were getting killed like chickens. By down the way, there. we got a cheese Domino's pizza. So, so as a men's for Leah, I got her a Domino's. You sure did, Bill. I love that you got a gluten free pizza with cheese and pepperoni. I asked for fake cheese, but I. No, you understand. wrote dairy cheese. Did I write dairy cheese? You wrote dairy cheese. No, I didn't. I swear my oh, life. Oh, I'm losing I'm, my I goddamn remember, I remember mind going, then. I remember going, that's so weird that she wrote dairy cheese. Who Hold the fuck on. writes dairy that's, cheese? I'm, this is very funny. Dairy cheese! <laughs> so I was like, dairy cheese. I, 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 she wants to be very clear that she's not vegan. <laughs> no, I usually, that's, I, I'm tired. That's probably what that means. I've had a long day, Bill. Yeah, okay, so let's let's hear yeah. what was your day like today. Well, today was like that interesting. You know, you're, you're, you're up to a lot of stuff. Let, let's get to, like, the things that you're doing. So, first of all, you were from New York originally? Born and raised. Born and raised in Manhattan, Brooklyn? Queens. Queens. And then... Where's your fucking uh, accent? You don't have any accent? I don't have one because I'm educated. Educated. You said that like such a Jew. I said that like an asshole. <laughs> like a piece of shit. Do your um, parents... Were your parents from Queens? Well, my dad doesn't have an... My parents are both from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And, and they don't have accents. No, Brooklyn. No, Jews my with dad no doesn't have an accent, and he should be doing voiceover. So if you're a voiceover agent, Jack has the best voice ever. My mom has a super thick Brooklyn accent, and my sister has a super can thick. Can you do New your York mom's accent. accent? Here's my sister. D- let me hear the difference between Queens and Brooklyn, if you can do that. Well, okay. This is like, this is more Manhattan. 
like old Manhattan. Like Upper right? East Side. Right. Like, Lee, will you pass me my handbag? You're uh-huh. like, oh, that God. That sounds like Long Island. That was Long Island. You got me. You got me, Bill. <laughs> but but then there's New York who's like, hey, I'm fucking talking to yeah, you right like here. Italian you know, like whatever. Yeah. But my mom is. Um... <sighs> well, Queens and Long Island, by the way, are. This pretty much the same. Well, accent. Queens is on Long yeah, Island. Yeah. I think people forget Brooklyn mm-hmm. and Queens are on Long Island. Yeah. They also don't realize that island, Long Island isn't really an island, is it? Of course it is. Isn't it a peninsula? Ew. Is it separated completely by water? I don't water? like it because it has the word penis in but it. Isn't it connected to <laughs> Queens by land? <laughs> Penin- oh. It's in there. I knew she was a lesbian. So, um, I, oh my, do I? I feel like I do give off strong lesbian vibes. Well, look, look, apparently, according to Egypt and everyone else, I would get, give off super gay vibes. What happened? Oh, yeah. So you got kicked out. Of e- you got banned from Egypt? Uh, a thing happened. They took my phone. Who's interviewing who, huh? They, 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 yeah, they looked at pictures on my phone. There was a dick pic. And they're like, is it yours? Bill, whose dick was, like, was it? Yeah. And they're like, there's no way your dick is this big. And I was like, come on, dad. <laughs> so stupid. So anyway, um, but yeah. Uh, people people have always thought I'm gay. By the way, Wait, I was wearing a so black So they didn't ask to top. see your hard dick? <laughs> Can you imagine that? This isn't you. Start stroking, yeah. uh, infidel. No, they, they I mean, weren't. It seems like the only way down to get down to the problem. <laughs> Can you imagine? We need proof. Because they thought I because they need, said I was gay. We need to get gay. down to the bottom they of this. They said that I was gay and I was luring homosexuals to the, to the Great Pyramids as if the pyramids weren't enough uh, for the homosexuals. I needed to lure them there. I think everyone's gay. Do you? Like, are you one of those people, like, there's a scale of gayness and people lie on... Okay, I know people who are 100% straight, Mm -hmm. and I know people who are 100% gay, Mm -hmm. but they're so rare. I think for the most part, everyone's, like, 95.5 or, like, 60.40. I'm not saying this to sound a certain way. Yes, you are. (laughs) I guess that's why you say things. Yeah, of course, to sound exactly a certain way. No, because I feel like I'm, I'm trying to sound a certain way but but i really authentically mean this for someone who's been accused of being gay ever since i was in like grad school uh because when i went to college everyone's gay in college but when i was in grad school people thought i was gay uh and then after that i, I love f- the casual grad school drop where'd we go is what that like studying? is that impressive that i went to grad school as a comedian it was for acting so it doesn't <laughs> count so yeah, um as an actor yes <laughs> in so, la and then after that i was like every- I have never, ever, ever, ever had a gay experience. I kissed a guy on stage and on camera before, but I've never, I've never had like even like if I, I had fr- like Jay Moore talks about and his stand up and he, like he him and his friends used to like blow each other for a summer, just for the summer. Yeah, it was like just for a summer. Hot girl summer, baby. <laughs> summer these blue. So I mean, sometimes they're bored. I get it. Wait. Yeah. Then why do people think you're gay all the time? What are the what are I'll the t- gayisms? I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Yeah, they're just having uh, lots of men's well, dicks a, in your mouth. <laughs> Would that be one of the? Oh, the cum dripping on my nose usually. I think it's you because... snort cum too. I thought that was just me. <laughs> no, I swallow, but sometimes it comes out of my nose. Oh wow, yeah, you're a real giver. I'm I'm a yoga teacher, so it comes out that way. So I think that because I'm blonde, number one, blonde equals gay in a blonde-ish. lot. Blonde-ish, and I, I'm hairless. Okay, you're gay. You're a gay baby. <laughs> and I rollerblade. Okay. And I do okay, yoga. Okay, Aziz, I'm sorry joke. And I, da- <laughs> and I dance. What's in Aziz, I'm sorry joke? 
The hardest part about rollerblading is having to come out to your parents. When did he say that joke? This was a sketch from a long, long time ago. I was going to say it had to be like 20 years ago because I've heard that joke for like 20 years. Yeah, it was a sketch. Um, that's yeah. that's like the, the old adage of everyone's like, oh, if you're doing meth, like clean my kitchen, at least be useful. It's like, how many times do I have to hear that joke before it's yeah. too late and I have already killed you? <laughs> but don't people do clean when after they do meth? Well, is Adderall meth? Sounds like someone's very defensive with their Adderall habit. <laughs> well, you're also not gay, so. Um, yeah, I used to be. I, I have a joke about that where I said in my 20s when people thought I was gay, I was like, oh my God, I'm not gay. What, do I look gay? Do I sound gay? My, and now at my age, people think I'm gay. I'm like, I still got it. Uh, so back to you, Liam. Let's make this podcast where it's supposed to be. So you're, you're, you got the New York Brooklyn Jew mother mm-hmm. and the dad with the voiceover voice. Correct. Brother, sisters. One older sister who works in real estate in Manhattan. Oh, wow. And she what is, company? I'm not going to say. Oh, come on. I like to protect her privacy. It's real estate. She All they hates do is the public eye. She literally doesn't even have an Instagram. Like, hey. Not her. She does very high end exclusives. She must be hot because only hot people sell high end. She's realty. I hate saying this, but it's the truth. She is way hotter than me. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's not like a big. Bill, you stretch, but we'll kill you in your own home and make you look like an accident. But look, um, so she's not; she has no public presence, barely. Yeah, well, she you got to sell to super rich, creepy dudes with a lot of money, and so you need the honeypot. Yeah, like she sold Pfizer their home in Manhattan. She sold what? Pfizer, the company. You know, oh, wow. the people who own it. Yeah, so she she makes a she does really well. She's exactly the person you want to do your business deal. Yes, exactly. Now, do you feel that uh, she's very scary? I've told her brother. She's what? So she's very scary. She's very scary. Yeah, oh, she's a ball buster too. You have to be scary. So I have two older brothers who are both successful okay. doctors. Oh, okay. And they're both married. <laughs> I talk about that, Mac. But um, do you feel was there ever? But I've also never had sibling rivalry with my brothers, and I've never felt that because of their success, somehow what I do is pathetic. I feel like what I do is pathetic anyway. But. I get that. How did that play out in your family? Because also, being Jewish from a Jewish community in New York. Oh, yeah. And I ha- I'm familiar with the Jewish community in New York in ways that I don't want to talk about in this podcast right now. Mm, okay. In the gay way? <laughs> Not in the gay way. Can we drop the gay stuff it's finally? It's going to be really hard for me to drop it, honestly. Um, <laughs> so, me too. Anyway, uh, well. by the way, I, I just did I just did shows in like, I was in Singapore. God, no I one so cares, fucking name Bill. Droppy. With Maz Jabrani, and they gave me my own show there. And I go, I go, man, I feel like Kobe Bryant after Shaq left. I told Maz that, like, I don't have to open for you. Maz was like, why? You can do your gay jokes now? I stung. I was like, yeah, I do a lot of gay jokes. It's true. I'm not gay, but people think I'm gay. I've Wait, why do you do it. so many gay jokes if you're not gay? I'll tell you why. Because I'm a white male, and I have to be a victim of, of circumstance and a victim of a society. So how do I do it? I... I make punchlines where I'm gay or I turn gay or I'm effeminate and I act gay. And I feel that that is, if I'm not doing that much observational comedy, like, oh, Whole Foods, you know the donuts, the Whole Foods, when you're in the line, it's the Whole Foods, you're in the line, it's the, whatever. Um, I feel that uh, it's a good, it's a good reversal. So you really speak your truth in your comedy, huh? Well, the gay <laughs> joke I do is based on a, a story of this one time you were gay. This one time, okay. This is what happened. This is what happened was. Yeah. I do. Th- I do something called jujitsu. Do you know what jujitsu is? 
I've heard of By the way, I'm talking a lot because she's eating, and I feel like I got to cover. I'm kidding. Oh, no. But I'll stop eating once you talking. By the way, there's nothing, there's nothing more gay than like a bunch of guys wearing like uh, Jedi outfits and rolling around the floor together sweating. But I was doing jujitsu. How do you know that? And um, <laughs> do you know who George St. Pierre is? No. He was the, he's considered the best uh, UFC MMA fighter of all time. I don't care. He was really hot. <laughs> I'm back in. And he would walk away. He'd walk <laughs> around. He looked like a fucking like action figure. And he had his little boy shorts. He would always be like lightly sweat, sweaty. And he was, mm. he had a French accent because George Tepiel from Montreal. Hot. And he would, he was really nice and always shaking hands with people. And I remember I was sitting down here with my little white belt, like, meh. So he, shook, he shook hands with a guy. <laughs> he was a black belt. And he shook hands with the guy next to me. And I was like too shy. I was like a, and then I look up and he's standing over me. He's like, hello, with his hand like extended. And I, I, I was, oh, I shook his hand. And then after I shook his hand, I went like this. I went, I tucked my hair back behind my ear. Cute. And my friend was like, whoa, you he, just turned he, gay. He alpha dogged you. Yeah, so I, oh hi, and then I went like, and I like that with my hair, which is like you know if you see like if you see if a guy a girl sees a guy who's attractive, she'll like do a total like hair flip mm-hmm. afterwards, mm-hmm. which is a tell, by the way, guys. Mm-hmm. If you hang out, girl, say hi to a girl, and she does she messes with her hair right after, means she's attracted to you. That or she's insecure about how it looked that day. <laughs> but don't you think that's a tell? That's well, a I'm always touching my hair. By the way, she hasn't touched her hair with me once. <laughs> okay, so back to you. So Why does my gaydar is very strong? <laughs> So you're in New York. Now, one of the things that intrigued me about stuff you do, you, you are also a singer. You Where? do musical parodies. Okay. You can't do a musical parody without being a singer. You're correct. You caught me. I did karaoke last night. What do you want from me, Bill? Did you wear? It's like you had the what FBI following me around. <laughs> I've been stuck. I had a show at the improv and then I went over to Barney's Beanery. By the Where? way, LA karaoke for people who don't know, and most people don't know. Because most people aren't losers. No, I'm kidding. But LA Karaoke is like a talent show. It's because it's where people think they're going to get found. Yeah, people think at Barney's Beanery. By the way, I bet you people have been found at Barney's Beanery. I got found. I got signed this morning. Shut the front door. By (laughs) Warner. What is your go-to karaoke song? Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Can you sing a little right now? We've had people come into the podcast and sing songs. Bill. Seriously? I'm all out of it. Okay. This is how I feel. That's good. <laughs> I mean, that's nothing yet. I sang, I had an audition for uh, a black show. God. <laughs> for a play about the uh, the Little Rock Nine. And they're like, can you sing? At the end of the audition, it was three rounds. And I go, I can't really sing. They're like, you must have a go-to song. It's all black people. Producers, what was your directors. Song? I did Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. You were gay, Bill. <laughs> Not only is that gay, but what a racist fucking song. I had to do like, the seaweed is always green. I had to do like the fake. You make it Jamaican? How else can you sing Under the Sea from Little That's Mermaid? Also, that also doesn't really showcase your you can't voice be like, that well. I have a terrible voice. You can't be like, under the sea. You have to be like, under the sea. Bop. You know, have to do the whole fucking Jamaican You were Sebastian? Thing. I played Sebastian, the racist, fake Jamaican crab from Little Mermaid, voiced by a white person. You're a weird guy, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> So can we go back to me? Why is this podcast say, I, about you? I didn't get the part. So we no, because I feel like, you know what, Leah, I'm getting this. You, def- you deflect a little bit. I feel like you don't want to get deep into your story. That's not true. The internet knows all about me. Why does the internet know all about you? Because I overshare too much and on I have what, no on boundaries. What, on what platform? 
My podcast. All right, let's get to your podcast. Sometimes. Your podcast is what? Other people's podcasts. Uh, my stand-up. Yeah. I get personal. And by that, I mean I make jokes out of all the horrible things that are in my life. Okay, so let's let's reverse engineer this to the point where you're saying horrible things on stage. Great. You're a, Brook, you're a Queens girl. You're going to high school. Um, high school in Great Neck. In Great Neck. Mm-hmm. And um, at what point did you start thinking, I want to be in entertainment? Because I can't imagine that's the traditional path. Here's, Were you part of the Jewish community in Queens? Here's the truth, strong? Bill. Yes. I never really connected to my Jewish identity until I went to college. Which when, is where? University of Virginia. You went to UVA? I'm and smart, that's where your that's Bill. where your Jewishness was discovered. What a weird because place. Because I was a fish out of water. Yeah, because of all the white supremacists. And it was hyperbol it was hyperbolized. And people I was legitimately the first Jew a lot of people met. Are you serious? Oh yes. One of my roommates was uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas, and her father was a pastor at a megachurch. And there were times where people would come up to me when they were drunk because they finally felt comfortable asking me questions about Judaism. I had many people shake my hand. Can and I be ask like, you when you graduated UVA? No, you can't. Okay. Next question. <laughs> I'm assuming it was in the two- 2000s. Ew. It was in the 90s by chance. How no. old do you think I'm I am? Just, well, I think you're probably like 28. Okay, look, it was not in the 2000s, and it was not in the 1990s. Jesus Christ, By the way, we're Bill. in the 2000s right now. No, we're not. We're, we're in the, the 2010s. 2010s. Okay, so it was in the 10s. Okay, moving forward. Moving forward. So. <laughs> you say I'm weird. You want him to build your Okay, so uh, I'm fucking whatever. So Yeah, you what were you about to say, Bill? <laughs> you, were at a, you were at UVA, and you were majoring UVA. in. Well, hold on. Can I just finish yes, the thought finish, first? Please. Okay. So I had multiple people shake my hand because they'd be like, you are the first Jew I've met. And I became a representative of my people. And it was odd because I grew up very secular. And so I didn't really know. I know about Judaism. I had about mitzvah, but I didn't really know about Judaism. Yeah. You know, I wasn't a practicing Jew. You know, you didn't know any Hebrew, really. You didn't know much I about knew, I know Hebrew. His, his Israel and but, the state of well, politics there. Right. I couldn't vouch for my community. Mm-hmm. And so someone was like, um, where do you keep your horns? I really want to know. You can Shut tell me. It's, I swear on my life. Now, are these like, where do you keep your horns type of white people or like normal? Educated Southerners who went to private school, Catholic or Christian private schools. But were they Southern, like and Alabama the, Southern? North Carolina, Little Rock, mm-hmm. um, like like Southern Virginia. Okay. I think people forget that if you're not in Northern Virginia, you were in already the deep South. Yeah. Literally right below Northern Virginia, which most people consider DC. Mm-hmm. Everything is the South. Charlottesville is the South. When they had the KKK there just a few years ago and people were murdered. I, the only reason I was surprised is that it didn't happen sooner. Yeah. There were so many hate crimes down there. When I went to school, there was a Confederate flag, the size of a frat house hanging. You could feel the. Where co- was the Confederate flag hanging? Off the. It was the size of a frat house in front of the frat house. In front of the frat house. Yes, and so I remember this, thinking. This, that's why I asked the 2010s. That seems really late for this yes. to be happening. Well, wow. it, KKK happened what two years ago? Yeah. So hello. But that was also like a nationally organized thing that went to UVA specifically. I didn't realize that school was still that. Well, because racist. most people, seventy percent in-state Virginians there. Yeah. And, you know, I had one person I was we were out at night and I was with some girlfriends. We were walking around the frats and this guy from across the street says, are you Leah? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that Jew from New York. And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, at least you're not a big, fat, ugly Jew. Wow. And I was like, you think I'm pretty? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you say that on stage. Uh, I don't. 
You know, I have a lot of Jewish jokes, and some people, some are too dark. I've, give me, give me, give me the darkest Jewish joke you have that you won't say on stage. I'm trying to think, I've kind of like eliminated so many from my brain at this point because they weren't working. I had some Hitler jokes that were stupid, like, you know, um, I can't date Aryan guys. Uh, oh, what maybe was like. I only want to date Aryan guys. Here, wait, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I only want to date Aryan guys. Um, oh, I'm so confused by Aryan guys. They can't plan a date, but they can plan a genocide. And then, you know, it was like part of a longer joke. And people, I guess, are very, feel So they would react weird to that? They didn't like the genocide part. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm Jewish, so you thought he'd want to murder this pussy. But no, he's busy. <laughs> uh, you know, just usual stuff like that. But I mean, I have so many. I was just talking to a friend earlier about I want to start getting merch, but I'm trying to figure out what the correct route is. And I have a joke where I say my casting type is Anne Frank Hathaway. I'll be starring in the Jewish American Princess Diaries. I rise to royalty from behind a radiator. And my friend was like, you are going to isolate so many people with the term Anne Frank Hathaway. People will find that really offensive. I was like, it's funny. Yeah. And he's plugged into the jewish community he's like that is literally too offensive for them and i'm like then my whole set will go over because i feel like the jewish community because a lot of people think that they're the progenitors of of stand-up comedy and vaudeville that they're pretty open to how i mean look at joan rivers i mean she was one of the most offensive comics i love joan yeah was she an inspiration for you as a comic or is she an inspiration i talk about joan as often as anyone will let me. Really? When Go for it. When anyone will listen. Well, I remember when her documentary came out. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, saw I was the youngest person in the movie theater by 50 years. <laughs> I was sobbing. I was like, uh-huh. poor Joan. She's so misunderstood. She has all these jokes categorized in her boxes. And she gave money to people. And she had gold chairs. And I want gold chairs. Yeah. And her poor husband, who was her manager. And then he killed himself. And I was like... What I mean, I love this woman. Yeah. And I want to go out just like Joan under the knife. But <laughs> I'm I will never Is that age. How she died? I swear to God. Are you joking? I don't know how she I know she died. She was she During died having in, plastic she surgery. Was in plastic surgery. She oh, was having another facelift. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. And she never woke up. Yeah. I feel like people don't really know that. That's the most public information possible. Really? Yes. It was like announced immediately. <laughs> That she died having plastic surgery. Well, she didn't die. She went into a coma and then never oh woke my up. God, well, she went so into an, a medically induced coma. It was a whole trauma. That's amazing because you think about how old was she at that point? Like 86 maybe? You think she was 86? She had it, but she was fucking ancient. Was she, well, you got to do the, the hand check. Like what? I have like a cousin how? like this who has great face work, but then her hands creep out of her long sleeve and you're like, ah, <laughs> what is that? It's like a pterodactyl claw. Because Joan Rivers was a big star in the 70s. She's always a big so star. So she had to be a big star. Who like, was it that gave her her big break? Was it Ed Sullivan? Oh, my God. That early. I was thinking Carson, but maybe it was Oh, Ed Sullivan. no. I was thinking of, um, uh, why am I having such a brain fart? I'm not thinking of Joan. I am thinking of. You're not thinking of Joan Rivers? No, no, no. I, whoever got their star in um, oh. Ed Sullivan show was someone else. Phyllis Diller. Yes, it was Phyllis. Boom. My friend actually just gave me a book signed by Phyll- Phyllis's book oh. signed by Phyllis. I can't wow. believe I just brain. And she's Jewish too, right? Who isn't? I know who's who's not in comedy. So what made you? Um, now this is your UVA. Okay, 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 yeah. okay. Here we go. So that's when I started to realize, because I had grown up in a Jewish bubble. 
Yeah. And think about how diverse... So your community was Jewish everywhere growing up? and Pretty much. Yeah, it was yeah. like 95% Jewish. There wow. are more Jews per capita in Greyneck than there are in Israel and Jerusalem. Wow. It was wildly Jewish. But yeah. it was half Ashkenazi Jews, half Sephardic Jews. Now, let me ask you this. Is there a big... Do people know right away, oh, that's a Sephardic, that's Ashkenazi? Yeah. I mean, one's white, one's tan. One's allergic to the sun. One can chill in the sun. So you're obviously... Sephardic. Ha ha ha. For those of you who can't see and haven't already stalked my Instagram, I'm a ghost. And I'm actually dead. I have news, Bill. <laughs> you uh, made it to the afterlife. This is purgatory. <laughs> so we only have Domino's here in purgatory. Which isn't that bad, by the way. Shout out to Domino's Pizza. Yeah, it's actually... I mean, this one is burnt, but I'm excited to start eating the second so pizza. That must be, so what made you go to UVA then? Was one of those Last things? choice. Last choice. So, so you got rejected by Yale, Harvard, Princeton. What a nightmare. I applied early decision to Cornell's animal science program. I wanted to do that. I wanted to be a vet, and they have the number one vet school in the world. I went to Cornell Summer College, veterinary summer college, after my junior year in high school. Mm -hmm. And we just dug through pig shit for three months, and I said, eh, fuck it. No they more. only take 12 people internationally. Wow. It was, I, I don't know why. Everyone was like, please just just do any other major and then switch in. Yeah. And I got deferred. I got wait, uh, waitlisted or deferred. It was yeah. what I you know, one of those where they're like, well, we'll wait and see if anyone better comes along. <laughs> Yeah. And then they gave me a deferred admittance. So they were like, after six months, you can transfer in. And I was like, literally go fuck yourself. This ruined, I was a perfect why child. You, why were you upset with that? Oh, because it just represented a failure in some way. Yeah, I have never failed at anything. I was wow. a straight A student. I was a president of every club. I was the captain of all my sports teams. I created clubs. I mean, I was a, a student president, a president, like, I was like in every. I had my hand in every pot. Yeah. I couldn't stop. And I don't even know if I lived at home. I think I had a, like a bed in the school, basically. Yeah. And I think I got a lot of my validation from accomplishing everything. Yeah. And I think I still do. But now I'm, it's a different level where I'm compassionate with myself. That's what I'm, <laughs> as I gently Someone rub just my a leg. yoga class, had a morning meditation. Yes. Well, I don't have the rich husband yet, but we're getting mm, there. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was interesting for me because I I had won, I always won, I yeah. won everything, I won awards, I won money, I won scholarships, this and that, and then this was the only thing that it was the biggest hit and the biggest failure and biggest disappointment to my and I had never faced disappointment before, ever. Now really? I get it all the now it's like yeah. nothing to if me. You, if you've never had disappointment come to LA, but and it broke me. I applied to 16 what, other colleges. So were your parents like, hey, listen, just six months is fine. Yeah, of course. Just work a job and get, but you were they like, They were like, no, go God to a state it. school right nearby. And I was like, uh, what? A up, a, a upstate New York state school with kids in my high school who got C's? I'd rather die. Yeah. And University of Virginia was the furthest away. I applied to USC in California and I got in. And then... I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to go to USC. And this way I can explore acting because that was something that I'd always wanted to do. Were you but... head of the theater department in high school? Uh, no, actually. I was a scientist for a very long time. And so... What do you mean you were a scientist? You were into science or you were like... You were like had a I was lab a scientist. Home I studied... With a burger? I studied uh, breast cancer at Tufts University Medical School this... When I was a Were junior, you like a Doogie Howser genius. Yeah, I studied math in at the high school when I was in middle school. 
I don't know what happened. I fell so far from hey, the genius tree. We, we, we have we have very similar. I was I went to Princeton for aerospace engineering, and I have an aerospace engineer. Degree. You really fucked up, Bill. Well, you did too, bitch. <laughs> Hey, you're on my couch <laughs> from Wayfair. Oh, true. Anyway. Oh, that is. It's really cute, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's really amazing. So you you got deferred, and you were so butt hurt, and you're 17 years old. No one could shake you. Be like, hey, dummy, it's not a big deal. I but you couldn't care. You could not it. phase the disappointment yeah. because I had never experienced it. Yeah. All these other fuckers from my high school had experienced disappointment in some capacity, but not me. <laughs> now, was your sister also a golden child like you? No. Your older sister? We're different. So she was a fuck up, and now she's a multimillionaire selling properties. Yes. Yeah, okay. And I was a multimillionaire in theory who turned into the fuck up. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, it was so, a real bait and switch for my parents. <laughs> so, so okay, USC was you were going to go there. So I was like, I want to go to USC, and at the time, my parents were like, No, we know we'll never see you again if you go to the West Coast. Jokes on them. And then my ex boyfriend, now ex boyfriend's mom offered to pay for my down payment to get me into the school there. And she was like, Leah, you have to go. You are an artist. Your parents have been trapping you your whole life to do things you actually don't want to do. You know you want to be an actor. You know you want to work in blah, blah, blah. She's like, I will pay for it. And um, my parents were like, we will disown you. Wow. And they said, choose a school on the East Coast. And so I chose UVA because it was the furthest away. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So no scholarship. They, they, someone paid for That's amazing. I mean, I got some scholarship from yeah. UVA. Yeah. It's, you know what's so odd with the college system is that in-state tuition was like $5,000. I know. For me to go to UVA, was like I, 35 I, to 40K. I went to school in Northern Virginia, so I could have gone to UVA for nothing. I was like paying for all the other kids' education. Yeah, you were. And I still am. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Do you still have stu- student loans? $120,000. I hope you're hoping that Bernie Sanders gets elected. Well, I mean, it's like that's how much my education cost, not on tops of like books and living. And then my parents didn't really help. So out. you still have loans? Uh, some. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you seem. I like mean, I, on... I paid off a bunch of it. That's really so. That's impressive, by the way. Thanks. That you were able to do that. Well, you're it wasn't a pretty easy. Impressive, impressive person. So, um, thank you. So UVA, you were studying what there? Not veterinarian medicine. No. So I was biochem for two years. They didn't have an animal science program. And then I was always doing theater the whole time I was there. The first thing that I did was audition for First Year Players, which was a theater organization that Tina Fey had been in, that Sashir Zamata had been in. Sashir wasn't on SNL yet. You know, she was still in college. And, um, but older class than me. And, um, yeah, I mean, it seemed really fun and really cool. And then I got in and that was my life for the first my first year of college was theater and i was like why do i hate going to my science classes so much yeah and it got to a point where my at the toward the end of my second year i couldn't even go to class i would get sick when i opened a textbook interesting because for me the the learning of science was so boring but the creation of science was so interesting give me an example for that like what were you doing that was interesting in science for you so when i was like, working in, in boston lab? So when I was in a lab, the only downside to it is that it's very lonely. Yeah. I was basically like in a tower with limited access to the outside world or other people slicing up tumors and putting them. I mean, they should not have trusted me with any of this. I don't know if any, like their results might be fake because I'm an idiot. and I was only 16, 17 at the time. Um, but putting slicing tumors so thinly that you could put them on a a glass dish to look on at them under a 
microscope and then put them all the results side by side so that you can measure the distance in tumors to figure out what the likelihood is that you would develop breast cancer by BPA leaching into your plastics or into your beverages or into your food, into baby bottles and what the exposure rates were like and how that would affect you as an adult. And, and so we were doing the premier research on BPA huh. at the time. So is that why BPA is sort of... The Anasoto lab in Tufts was one of the first labs to come out with BPA research. Wow. And I remember them saying, never use microwaves. And then also high doses of BPA did not lead to breast cancer, but low doses of BPA led to breast cancer. And so because BPA was in so many plastics at the time and was leaching into our beverages, things like Coca-Cola cans. All cans too? Yes. Yeah. All because it's in the coating and it's in, Uh. it's in the like baby bottles and the cans of baby food. And so that's why they were looking at troubles for infants because it's like oh well is it accumulated over time does it start when you're young and then it builds up as you're older or is it environmental or you know there are a million factors because it can also be genetic right the BRCA genes which everyone gets tested for now because if you have it you're 70 percent likely to have breast cancer and probably get a double mastectomy like Angelina Jolie or uterine cancer or both anyway um who am I? What was I talking well, about? Well, that's that's really amazing. So you were actually oh. you were actually doing work work that is for the better good. I mean, but I well, so yeah, and a lot of scientists would just be like slamming cokes because they were like, well, high doses don't affect you. So I'm that's all such a bizarre concept to me that high doses wild, don't. wild. I but I mean, you know, that. and they're like, don't drink out of a water bottle that's been in your car all day. Yeah. Well, it's people still true. say that. Yeah. Well, of course. So is our water bottle is any BPA in anything now? Yeah, of course, most water bottles. Are they still BPA? Yes, because it's so cheap. I think um, you have to like search to make sure things are BPA free. It'll say it on the bottle. Yeah. Or on the package. And um, it's kind of like being gluten free. Yeah. Interesting. So Um, the majority of of plastic waters people drink from are still BPA. Well, like shitty brands at Costco and yeah, of course. And also because it takes so much more money for them to change the type of plastic they're making. That's crazy. Why don't people know this? It's also, I mean... Because I remember when BPA was a big about, deal, yeah, but, and I was like, oh, and then I would see the water bottle say BPA-free, and then I just assumed that became the norm for water bottles. But, and I mean, it's also like the plastic they used to make makeups with. So, it, like, everything has BPA in it. Yeah. And I know in France, they've banned BPA completely from the country. And oh, wow. USA is just not progressive at all, and I think we can know that because of gun laws, and everyone is bored to death on this podcast. Did you say because of gun laws? No, I said you can tell because of gun laws. Gun laws, exactly. You know, we trail behind other countries when it comes to progressing in every respect. <sighs> I don't know. I just did a big fucking tour it's of the It's a nightmare. World, and I don't know. I, I had a point about science, though, um, and now I can't remember. Well, it so, wasn't that exciting. So, but, you, but you were doing but it, this, but and, you, dude, and you did biochem, and you loved the lab stuff, but you didn't like... The homework that like writing in just the... sitting and reading a textbook yeah. is, but that is like it's the opposite of being an artist. Yeah, what I enjoyed was the creation, the doing, the action, yeah, the ideas behind science because you could have a million different ideas. Well, like how about we test this hypothesis? What about this hypothesis? Now the thing about science that is an ultimate drawback, and I think one of the reasons why it was I ultimately couldn't move forward with it was because you could work on an, a project for 10 years and the result could be no result. Yeah, yeah. Imagine pouring, and half of research is grant writing. So someone is sitting there just begging for money. And 
that person is usually the head of the lab. Yeah. And it's pretty brutal. And then they just have their, you know, lab lab techs doing all the work. The only thing is that there's really, there wasn't a place for humor there, per se. I said a couple of inappropriate things and got kicked out of the lab once. <laughs> Do you remember what and you I said? I got literally kicked out of science. It was like the day before my last day at work there. And so we had a lot of lab rats, right? And usually the, the rats will reproduce really quickly and they have to sack. That's what they call it, sacrifice the babies and put them all down with gas. Wow. It's so interesting that they just call it sack to take a terrible <laughs> word and just make it cute and flippant. Hey, you want to sack that baby? Yeah, you want to ball sack that baby? <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was so bizarre. It was a really, especially being a vegetarian, it was an odd experience for me at the yeah. time. I'm not a vegetarian anymore. Obviously, there's real pepperoni on this pizza, ladies and gentlemen. But I was a vegetarian for eight years. That's not part. But then I was school in Virginia. They didn't even know what tofu was. I was. It was. Can bad. I ask you real quick why you stopped being vegetarian? Um, was it health reasons, or were you just like fuck animals? I, I think I had a severe iron deficiency, mm. and it was in the middle of finals, and I had this dream. That was the most the most real dream I've ever had in my whole life. I had smelled the most delicious smell I've ever smelled in my whole life. It was like a green squiggly line. And I was like, I have to find out what this smell is. And I then it just went into a forest and it was dark and I was terrified. And I kept running because I was like, I got to know what this smell is. It's the most delicious smell I've ever smelled in my whole life. And then it's pitch black and there's a clearing in the woods and it, there's a giant mansion. And the smell is coming from the mansion. And I was like, oh, I just got Hansel and Gretel here. And But you know what? If this is how I die, this is how I die because I have to know what it is. And I opened these huge double doors and inside is a giant roast chicken. A roast chicken. That was what it was in I my was dream. I was going to say burger. No, it was because chicken. Because I've heard about the burger dreams. My mom used to make roast chicken every Friday night. And it was my favorite thing in the world. Oh, wow. And so then that, I, that whole day I tried to kick it. I was like, woof, must have just been a, you know, I might be stressed out from finals, whatever. And... Then I went to Harris Teeter, which is a grocery store in Virginia. Yeah. I borrowed my roommate's car. I think I, I mean, borrow would, be, I think stole is the more appropriate term because I didn't ask for permission. And I got one of those pre-roasted chickens and I felt so guilty. I felt like everyone knew I was breaking my vegetarianism. <laughs> and I put the chicken down on the cashier and I looked at her and I said, it's not for me. It's for a friend. <laughs> she was like, okay. all right, dear. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then I went home and I just looked at it and I was like, I can't like I pushed it away and then i would say within five minutes the whole thing was gone wow and i had grease all over my face and my hands feeling oh my your... fucking god and then my roommate walked in and i've never felt more gu guilty in my life i was literally caught like chicken handed my hands were in the air and she was like what happened i was like i don't know i just wanted chicken and then this like it was a slippery slope i think i went to bacon almost immediately yeah and then i that was it and you never looked back? No. Did your health change after that? Did you feel any difference? Yes, because I had never been sick in eight years. And then once I started eating meat, I was sick all the time. Huh. That's I, fascinating. And I would choose it every day. Because <laughs> I just went vegetarian a month ago. How are you feeling? I broke it. Why? I broke it because... Because I ordered pepperoni pizza from Domino's? No, because all of a sudden, I, I'll tell you why I, I went vegetarian, because I smoked weed one night, <laughs> and I Gotta just said, and all of a sudden, meat just disgusted me. The idea of eating meat mm -hmm. disgusted me. Literally, I went, I smoked weed, I was like, oh my God. I had flashes of animals. I was like, I can't do it. Because mm -hmm. I felt like the weed had like dissolved the matrix, and I saw the reality of torture and, and you know mauling all these animals, so I said, I can't do it. 
and then um and I was a good solid month and I gained ten pounds because I ate so much fucking bread. So now I'm going back. Fat vegetarians are confusing to me. But I think it also makes sense because they have a high carb, low protein diet. Well, you could eat so much pizza. You like eat I'm so doing much right now. pizza. You could eat fries, <laughs> you can eat ice cream. I mean it's like Yeah. Oreos are vegan. It's such a bizarre concept. I know. Everyone needs to shut the fuck up about that. About what? Oreos being vegan? Yeah. Do you mean, do you think vegans should shut the fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have no, a... No, in theory, in theory... Veganism is a better way to go. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that for the the amount of resources that we use to produce meat, mm-hmm. we're killing our planet so fast. Yes. Only by eating meat, even if we did nothing else harmful. Yes. But yet... Here we are, and it's delicious. I know. <laughs> I, I, I no, have... but but what I, I think that veganism is gonna just how like transsexuals are becoming mainstream now, right? Like five years ago, there was not even a TV show with a trans person on it, mm-hmm. and now one of the most popular shows on TV right now, everyone is, is in love with a trans girl. And Orange is the New Black, you mean? Euphoria. Oh, Euphoria. Okay, I know that. Yeah. But I get. I yeah. Or I don't know. I I haven't watched Orange is the New Black since the first season. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I think, I think trans awareness is, it's, we're progressing in America, right? And I feel like it's in every respect we're progressing. And I feel like veganism is the new, is, it'll rise, I believe. Like people will become more aware and more people will eventually convert to veganism. Like the impossible burgers are becoming so popular. Yeah. I also don't understand that title because it's like, how could it be impossible if I'm eating it? It's possible. (laughs) It's in my mouth. It's also impossible how much crap is in it because it's got so much like so many chemicals and fake shit. But we're always eating chem. It's like I know. Well, here's the thing. It's I, like how about just eating vegetables? Exactly. I feel that because now that Bill Gates basically bought the impossible meat or whatever, mm. it's going to become like the next Soylent Green where it's the, the only way that you can like you can people from like toothpaste tubes and suck it, go to work. It's going to It's like of, astronaut food. Yeah. I think that's because I, I think in fifty years that's the only way life will be Did you sustainable. You say suck it, Bill? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're kind of like a tube of toothpaste. Uh, so uh, that's a whole other conversation because I, I just had this whole. I have a big bit I do about how vegans annoy me, and I keep it because anywhere I go in the world, it works. I'll go to Saudi Arabia, it works. I'll go to Australia, the joke works. I go to L.A., it works not as much, but um. But I, think, I, I think they're right. I agree. <laughs> I actually agree. And my friend was like, look, he goes, if you want to be a conscientious comic and actually contribute to the greater good, maybe you should think about the fact that in your joke where you mock vegans, which is funny, you should also have a moment where you go, by the way, I think it's like just something where you indicate that maybe it's a better way to be. I think, th- I think they're better than us. I think if I was a better person, I'd also be a vegan. Really? What's stopping you? Is it, is it literally like because you like bacon? <sighs> I think what's stopping me is the fact that I really like fish. Uh-huh. You I do. You be a pescatarian, but that sounds too pretentious to be a It is very pretentious, and also I think vegans would say have the same argument still. Yeah, that there's overfishing, and that fish are like... And they have feelings, they have and they feelings. have central nervous systems, and they yeah. have families, and they have jobs, and they have lives. They have to go to the post office in the morning. I get it. <laughs> We're busy. Uh, so are they. I mean, they're, they swim in sco- like schools, you know? Yeah, I guess so, but I feel like if an animal doesn't have eyebrows, like, does it really have emotions wow. at that point? I agree. If you think about it, like, all the animals... And anyone who has alopecia, <laughs> I mean, I get to eat them. Okay, so I love that you love... So you've always loved animals, obviously. 
Always. Biochem. We're back at UVA. You're doing the drama department. Okay, but here, I just want to also make a point. Yes. I was always pushed away from art my whole life. By family or community? Family. I was a painter. I was a drawer. And oh. I was so good. And I have this theory to this date that I was told I wasn't allowed to be in the AP art class. They said it was because I took too long. And it was I would always go for extra hours to put so much time in. My art was better than everyone's. And I think it's because my parents were like, no, do not oh. let her take another art class. Wow. My dad was a drummer in a band. He lived in Woodstock in a hut on a river. <laughs> and he quit that dream. And now... As an old older man, he still play, and he's always played drums my whole What's life. What does he do now? In the though? basement. What, what, what job did he? Uh, he is a project estimator, project estimator for architecture. So he crunches numbers. Yeah, which is the most Jewish thing you could do. <laughs> but he I always, always feel like in the sorry to interrupt, but no. I feel like in the movie there's always like that thing where the, the the kid wants to be an artist, and the dad's like, "You can't be an artist." And at one point, the dad gets drunk. He's like, "You know, when I was your age, I wanted to be a dancer." And like, what, Dad? I didn't know that. Hitler wanted to be an artist. Yeah, exactly. I could have been Hitler. <laughs> if only I hadn't pursued art. Oh, my God. But um, it was just always a low buzz my whole life where it was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. It's like, no, do this. No, do this. Like, there's no real money in that. There's no real future in that. That's not real. You can't do that. Yeah. So I was always pushed away from it. And I love my parents. I think what they wanted for me was stability. Of course. And they saw how smart I was as a kid and how talented and how much of a go-getter I was, a self-starter, that I could have made a lot of money in finance or, you know, I can't think of any other professions that are not Jewish. A doctor. <laughs> um, okay, a also lawyer. a lawyer. Yeah, okay, what else is there? And, um, you know, they always wanted me to be anything but what I am now. Yeah. So how did that transition happen? When you By the end of college, were you at the point where you said, this is something I want to do? Did you know that? Or what was the next Well, the step? whole time it was what I was doing. And it was the only thing I loved doing. It was the only thing that made me feel alive. So you were harboring it as a secret at this point from your family and maybe from yourself. Like you weren't like, this is what I'm going to do. Well, I was taking, I was doing theater every night for five hours. So there was like no way I what could even study. What place did you do in college? We did Once Upon a, um, a Mattress. So you are you are a musical theater person. A musical theater is where my soul lives. But when, I, got when I went back to New York, I realized I didn't have the dancing training. And you really need to be a triple threat. Really? You think you need to be a dancer? I also wasn't as good of a singer as most people. See, I was good enough to impress my friends. Does that make sense? It does make sense. But I, I, I kind of disagree with you just because I feel that there's a lot of Broadway people. There's the chorus girls, There obviously. are now. Now there are a lot of shows where you don't need to dance as yeah. much. Like Book of Mormon. And, you know, it's like they have all... But, but like... I don't know, eight years ago. Did you do the auditions? Did you do the rounds, the Broadway rounds and stuff? No, I gave up on it pretty pretty quickly because my last year in college, a friend was like, hey, um, I know you don't usually do non-musicals, but would you consider being in my play? And I was like, sure. So I did the play and I was like, oh, that's so interesting, not singing on stage and just talking. And I really liked it. And then I had a friend who said, it was like, oh, I saw you in that play. You were so great. Would you want to be in my film? And I was like, ooh, I don't know about film. It just feels like such a cheap medium. Uh, it's not real. You're not doing it in real time. Um, you could be talking to an apple instead of a person. And then I did it and I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. And then I started learning how to hand cut 60 millimeter film and I film trained on a yeah, on a Bolex and a Bell and Howl. And I got an appreciation for editing and I learned how to do everything from A to Z. Yeah. Kevin Everson, the gutter, film kids at UVA saved my life, basically. Because I was a shadow artist for so long. For those of you who don't know what a shadow artist is. It's basically an agent, but okay, go ahead. 
<laughs> Shots fired. We need you and we love you. Thank you for existing. Um, but yeah, people who always want to do art or think that they could be good at it, but are too scared to try because they don't want to fail at it. And or they think there's always an excuse for why they don't. Oh, it's too late or mm. oh, it's not practical or but deep down that that's what they want more than yeah. anything. Mm -hmm. And it's all I ever wanted. It's all I really it's all that really brought me joy that I could throw myself into wholeheartedly and really feel like me. Yeah. So we're, like the communities of people I liked spending time with, you know, it was um, it was different. And so I finally gave myself the permission to pursue it. And I've stopped. Well, I will say it was like a micro permission because yeah. then once I graduated and I mean, I threw myself into film, like threw myself into it. But once I graduated, my parents were like, no, you can't just be a cocktail waitress at a nightclub and go audition. You have to get a real job. So when you graduated, did come back to New York? Was that Yeah, I went idea? back to New York and I lived in the city and I just... And you told, you, did you have a moment of coming out to your parents with your artistry? Was it like mom, dad, sit down? Yeah, but they still... Every time it was like, yeah, but you have to have a real job. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, okay, you can do it on the side. And so because... I felt like I was doing it on the side and I listened to what they told me to do. I was always just doing it on the side yeah. and I wasn't getting the results I wanted. And I was surprised I wasn't getting the results I wanted. And then I started working at the corporate headquarters of a bank. And um, when I had interviewed there, I told them specifically that I couldn't work there unless I was able to audition. Yeah. And they said, fine. And I was like, okay. Like, Damn. And then, yeah, well, shit. Now I guess I have to do this. The healthcare is amazing. You yeah. like walk into these places and you have a 401k and health insurance and the doctor's office has gold plated floors. You're like, I could get used to this. Yeah. Um, like, oh, if you extract a tooth, I'll live after. That's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. you are an actor and you're on Medi-Cal and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> it's like, so in this position, um, you're, you're working at this corporate job and then you'd mm -hmm. have an audition be like, hey, I got to go for two hours. And they'd yeah. be like, cool. Yeah. Which is great, which is a dream job for most artists in New York. But it's it, – it was so opposite who I am as a person mm -hmm. that being anywhere or doing anything that doesn't align with who I am or my values, my core values, feels like jail. Interesting. So you were Truly. miserable. I mean, I was working – overtime i told you i had student loans so i was working at the corporate headquarters of a bank and then i was going to a bartending job oh my god and then i would do it all over awful awful were you also being able to do theater at this point where they're well little so yeah then i was doing little off off broadway shows and you know little bookings here and there and then it got to a point where i finally had a real agent and i finally had a real booking and i booked the pilot of how to get away with murder oh wow and my company it's they don't know what that means it's like what the fuck does that yeah. mean and they're I mean, like they thought, they're them, thinking like, i'm gonna be gone for like 12 days when yeah. really i had like three lines and i was only gonna be gone for four hours yeah. you know they want me on set for as little time as possible it's just a co-star and uh mean girl that was my <laughs> co-star title oh you didn't even have a name yeah no, no that's mean, good mean girl that's mean girl what'd you say what were your lines the most stereotype they changed them the second i got on set so it was just like, oh, my God, can you believe her butt is so big? I was the queen bee of a sorority. <laughs> She'll never make it. Oh, my God, she's so gross. It was just, yeah, it was completely silly. But um, basically, after that, I was like, oh, I really got to give this a try. Yeah. I And I've wanted, I wanted to go to L.A. after school because I got so into film at yeah. college. And I was too afraid. I really was because my whole life was in New York. All my friends, all my family, everything I ever knew. And ironically, we're the only Jewish family that doesn't have any connections out here. 
because <laughs> no one in my family's in the biz. Yeah. And I don't know how that happened. I mean, really, mom and dad just shot some blanks somewhere somewhere yeah. along the <laughs> along the lines. But I ended up finally kind of convincing I, I'm trying to say this diplomatically. Well, we'll just say my company and I parted ways. Okay. Um, and then I was like, I gotta, I just have to do this. They offered me a large chunk of money to stay. And, and you're like, no, nah. I, I turned it down. Were your parents freaking out at this point? Yeah. Cause I was like, they were like, take the money. And I was like, there's no price for my dreams. And I don't care how much money it is. Even if it's one more week of me staying here, it's not worth it for mm -hmm. me. My soul hurts. I was taking antidepressants just to go to oh, work wow. and anti-anxiety. It's like, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. I feel like I couldn't breathe, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I don't flourish sitting at a desk having no one to talk to that's my age for, I was everyone's junior by maybe 20 years, yeah. you know? And it was re very reminiscent of the lab. Not really a place for humor, and when it was, it was behind closed doors. So people would be like, oh, Leah, come in here, you know? And they'd be like, oh, finally, you get to talk to someone who has jokes. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, when the CEO would walk by, they'd be like super suited up. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, you know, they had to pretend like we weren't equals. And that. it was just like, eh. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I appreciate my time there because I learned so much. And you need every experience that you've had to get you where of you course. are. Anyway, so I finally moved out here. Now, let me ask you, when they when the decision came to check Texas money or not, was it a, th a thing that you had to think about or was it just like, no, like right away, like you knew 100%? I asked to think about it because I wasn't sure how to respond appropriately. But it uh, wasn't like one of those moments where like, I could actually maybe do this, but I'm going to go the other way. You were like, there's no way. I didn't know how to say no in the moment. Got it. And so in my heart, the answer was no, yeah. but in my actions and words the answer was can i think about it and it's get basically back like to you? breaking up with someone saying i need space yeah it's like i know we're gonna break it's up. over but just say we need space well they're like oh is that not enough money for you and i said i don't think so and she said well what name your price and i was Jesus. like i have to think about it they were really serious about me staying and oh. i was really serious about me leaving <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so then after you quit that you're like mom died moved to la now that's another level. They're like, you gave up this job and you're moving to away from home. They literally left my childhood house and moved to Florida after I moved to LA. Just out of protest. <laughs> they were so mad. Um, why wouldn't they move to LA? More, well, because they're old Jews. In, old Jews live in Orange County too. I think it's too expensive. And my where mom, do they live in Florida? Well, my mom has cousins in Florida, and I think that my all of my dad's cousins are in New York. And all of my mom's cousins are in Florida. Uh -huh. And so I think my mom was like, I think it's time for us to spend the rest of our years with my family. Was there a moment where they weren't talking to you? No. No. I mean, we don't really talk that much. Really? Yeah. What do they think about you being out here? Well, I think you figured that out. Huh? I think you figured that out. But uh, Well, I, the only reason I say that is because I have parents who, from Virginia, who are pre-provincial. And they, well, they actually live in Orange County. There now. must be more to this provincial, provincial life. life. Okay, but sorry. They, um, <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, folks. Song break. So yeah. get, the get fact the that I knew that doesn't make me gay. Uh, That's so, actually exactly what it means, Bill. <laughs> so, I love musical theater. You know, I, I swear to God, if I, could, if I could sing, I would be all up in musical theater all the time. I, I, I can't sing. They wanted me to. My God, they, people were knocking down my door to do rent. They're like, 
audition for rent. I was like, Bill? no, I can't say audition rent. No. And then finally I went into audition for rent and they were like, yeah, you shouldn't have auditioned for rent. I'm like, yeah, I'm a terrible singer. Oh my God. But I can do <laughs> Sebastian the Crab during a karaoke if I'm drunk. Anyway, so, um, but, but my parents were like, yeah, like have a job, like you get an engineering degree, do your thing. But I didn't. And it took a while for them to get acclimated to the fact that I'm just a weird zoo animal that they look at funny, but they accept me. Do you feel like you've had a moment with your parents where you've been able to sort of (laughs) reconcile? This memory just came flooding into my brain What of this time that my mom doesn't really know how to use her cell phone. And there was this time she was leaving me a voicemail. And she was at work. <laughs> I might even still have it. It was a tragic one where, God bless her. Mom, if you're listening to this, stop the podcast now. Or you're not going to, but I love you dearly and you know this happened. So she was leaving me a voicemail like she does. Lee, I love you. I miss you. Uh, give me a call when you get a chance. The usual. And then she thought she hung out the phone and she oh. was still talking to <laughs> someone else that worked there and she's like god her head's in the clouds i don't know she's i don't think she's gonna be okay like she's just never gonna make it she's never gonna figure it out do you have that recording i don't know if you could play that we can pause the podcast well and if you can play that because that is friggin by the way you should a hundred percent do that on stage if you have that recording Uh, do you, you don't know what kind of recordings i have built bill i have voicemails from let's see 2006 oh my god (laughs) because there are some that are too good to delete for example an ex-boyfriend's mom left me countless voicemails when i was in college confessing her love to me an ex-boyfriend like like she was in love with you she wanted to like she's lesbian lesbian ex-boyfriend's mom did your boyfriend know about this oh yeah he used to be like my mom thinks you're hot she (laughs) went on during christmas I went to their house for Christmas, and she kissed me on the mouth. <gasps> oh, my <laughs> That's God. That's a joke that I have. Th- that really happened, though? Yeah. Good Lord. A lot of people like to kiss me on the mouth that aren't allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> that aren't allowed to. So, so you get mouth raped a lot. Good to know. So yeah. she kissed you on the mouth. Yeah. It's a good way of putting like it. You're, like you're you're basing the turkey together in the kitchen, and then she like, like full tongue into the mouth. Like how aggressive was it? It's really hard to say. Um, I'm you, no, it wasn't tongue. There wasn't tongue, but it was wet. It was wet. Yeah. It was you just moist. grabbed your face and just. Mm, like oh, that. I love you, honey, and then kissed me right on the mouth. For how long? It wasn't long, but her partner was there, and so was my boyfriend. Her lesbian partner. Yeah. And it was like, well, like, because the difference in one second and like four seconds is. I was like, it was, it was like one and a half seconds. Okay, <laughs> so she was like enough to be like it's casual, but like I'm telling you, it's more. I'm letting you know if you're interested. I'm interested. Oh, my God. That's crazy. You're not the only one who's gay on this podcast, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Two gay baits. So, wow, that's fascinating. So you, I would like to be gay. Huh? I've given up on men. Uh, People are like, when people are like, oh, Bill, the gay or what? I'm like, if I was gay. You'd be getting dick left and right. If I was, when I was in New York and I was like young and pretty. I'd be believing I'd have a pretty. huge Not a day I'd over twenty two. I'd have a huge fucking career. I'd be on Broadway shows like this guy can't sing. How the fuck is he on Broadway? Like, how is he in rent? Oh he's my Bernie, god. <laughs> Bernie Telsey, that's how. Um so believe me, I, I yeah. did I did a very, very gay play. My first play in New York was a very gay play. And I got all that all the gay magazines interviewed me and I remember when they what found play out was it? I was straight. Philadelphia the play? <laughs> Philadelphia the play. 
is a play called Gross Indecency. What yeah. are you? Are you listening yes, to your, the voice? The voicemail? No, we're Instagram storying. Are we? Yeah. Oh my god! Don't tell people my secrets. Yeah, it's not like they're going to be released on this podcast. Um, hey guys, welcome to the Afterlife with <laughs> Leah Lamar. Lamar isn't a very Jewish name, is it? No, it's not. My last name is Goldman. Why would you hide the Jew thing? Because I did this a long time ago when I was scared of being Jewish because I went to a school where everyone was scary. So you changed it. Wait, when did you change your name? Maybe eight years ago. And After school. Well, here, yes. Well, I wanted to change my name to something totally different. I wanted to change my name to something Christian, like super Christian. Yeah. And... I wanted to hide it completely. I told you, I didn't know it was going to be such a... Well, Leah a- Goldman is probably a very common name, too, in SAG. I, I mean, if I was be- going to be a executive, I would have kept it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if I was going to be a showrunner or like a... I mean, Where'd I Lamar- Where'd be- you get the name? Hedy well, Lamar? So, yeah. So, Hedy's my cousin. Hedy Lamar. Yes. Who's like 150 years old now. She's, She's dead. She's dead. Yeah. But um, how is she your cousin? Second cousin once removed. Second cousin? Yeah. Grand cousin? How does that work so age-wise? My, d- my dad, her last name isn't Lamar. Yeah. She made it up. So she's also a Jew. She, are, oh, you don't know the story of Hedy. I don't know Hedy Lamar, She escaped no. World War II and Hitler because she was super hot, obviously, and he wanted her because she spoke German and pretended that she wasn't Jewish, and that's how she got to America. Hitler pretended she wasn't Jewish? No, she pretended she, she pretended. wasn't Jewish because she spoke German. Yeah. And she, got, she escaped the Holocaust, wow. and then she came to America where she invented Wi-Fi and then also had an extreme frequency hopping. She was the person who created frequency hopping. I think I hopping. knew that. Is there a good documentary I can watch Bombshell about on Netflix. Bombshell. And now they're making a series about her. The announcement actually just came out today that Gal Gadot is playing her. Oh, wow. Well, not a bad choice. Thank God. Honestly. I'm so sick of all these shows like Maisel... Look, Rachel Brajnahan is a genius. She's the most talented actress. I love her. She's not Jewish. Wh- and if is everyone she? is she she's Maisel and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, okay. I thought she was like ta- Oh. I but thought the thing Italian is like okay. if everyone is screaming about diversity, well, why, why does it not get to count for It doesn't Jews don't count. You know that, right? It's so unfair. I agree. I think it's bullshit, but it's 100% true. We're By the way, such a for small some population reason, Jews of the fall, entire world. Jews do not fall into the intersectional Congress that is supposed to be disenfranchised in the world because they've been too successful. And you know that's true. I know. So when the New York Times does an op-ed where they have... I'm sorry we're better than you. <laughs> where they have Net- Netanyahu as a dog leading Trump around and this like Jewish dog, Tom goes, Times is like, oops, my bad. If they did the same trope, trope regarding black people, can you imagine the, the outcry? So Jews definitely get it the worst. And for some reason, anti-Semitism doesn't have the same sort of flavor as racism i don't i don't really get it but that's really fascinating i think that um i also i watched the movie on the basis of sex did you see on the basis of sex i haven't um because i don't watch porn i'm Uh, just kidding it's about ruth (laughs) bader ginsburg who was like rbg rbg og og rbg yeah by the way she was hot well when she was younger whoa i hope hope that's what people say about me (laughs) But my point is that the actor that they got to play her, the actress got to play her, uh, I forget her name now, and then and then who's that dumb shit, Army Hammer, played the husband. Oh. And they were the most like Jewish couple ever. You look pictures of them, they were like, hey. And I don't know why that was Jewish, but they were like a very, very Jewish couple. Jewish identity, Jewish culture, they looked very Jewish, and they get played by two complete Aryans, which is very bizarre to me. And I remember going like, why aren't people commenting that this is bullshit? To me, it's like white people being in blackface. 
Really? That's how it feels. Yeah. Because the oppression that our people have felt our entire life, there's a history, there's a culture that people couldn't possibly understand yeah. or get to the bottom of if you have not been a part of that culture or yeah. that lifestyle. Do you have family that were, was in the Holocaust? Yeah. Is that part of your legacy? Yeah. Yeah. My next door neighbor growing up, there are two Holocaust survivors. I mean, to this day, my mom's like, you can't get a tattoo because then you can't be buried with us in a Jewish cemetery. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> that would be intentional. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Oh, so just going back to Hetty real quick. I never knew I was related to her until my uncle came to our Thanksgiving dinner eight years ago. And, you know, obviously uh, not very close to the family. Well, my side of the family, I guess. And um, he told me, he was like, you know, I've traced down our ancestry in Budapest and we're one of 12 tribes and it's either we are royalty or horse thieves. <laughs> I was like, well, I think we can figure out which ones we are. And then he was like, and your your cousin is Hattie Lamar. And I was like, who the fuck is Hattie Lamar? Oh, wow. No one was talking about her until like three years ago, really. Yeah. And... He was like, she was a scientist and an artist just like you. And I was like, what? And then I looked her up and I was like, this woman is amazing. Yeah. I can't believe I'm related to this. I can't believe I even have one one hundredth, two hundredth of her DNA. You know what I mean? She's such a spectacular talent and beauty. Yeah. She was the first woman nude in film in a non-pornographic way. And she also discovered frequency hopping, hopping, uh, frequency hopping which is now wi-fi with the government and that's essentially part of the reason why they were able to take down hitler and she's a megastar from the 40s and yeah. i have never really felt like i belonged in this time period i'm not 60s i'm not 70s i'm old hollywood yeah so i've always like felt the that reincarnation of a never would say that in a million years but just very did. happy to share yeah blood amazing. with this person and so then i just and i never liked goldman it felt like eating a sandwich goldman, yeah you know and it felt just very stern and serious and there's nothing wrong with that i just never connected too hard to it my facebook last name is a gold woman because i thought that was funny it's like i was always trying to change it because it just never felt like me yeah and i think i connected goldman to a lot of my heritage that i don't necessarily connect or relate to there's a lot of drug addiction in my family. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of darkness in my family. And I don't think I'm a dark person. I think I fought really hard to be a light person. You know, like years of therapy and working through my childhood traumas to become the person I am today and have levity in my life, you know. And I think when I heard that there was someone in my family who found a way to be more than one thing. She was a, sci a creator, a scientist, yeah. an artist. I was like... I, Leah Lamar. It yeah. just feels right. Yeah. And Lamar wasn't her last name. You know, it's like, why can't I take a made up last name? Why not? Yeah. Hollywood is make believe. Yeah. No, it's her great. last name is Keisler. Interesting. Yeah. And my grandmother is a Keisler. And so back in the old country, like, I mean, when I was talking to my cousins about it, they're like, oh my God, we used to write to Hetty if we could visit. And she said no. <laughs> uh, so it was interesting because I had no idea. And then I moved out here and no one knew what it meant. I didn't really know what it meant. You know, I was like, how could you possibly understand? And um, I moved out here and I think maybe like one of my first auditions the first year I was out here, a very old man was like, Lamar, as in Hattie Lamar. No one else fucking knew who I was talking yeah, yeah. about. I never brought her up. Yeah. You know, just he brought her up and I was like, yeah. And he was like, you're related to Hattie Lamar. I was like, please don't die. You're on oxygen tank. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope you don't have a stroke. 
Um, and he was, I think, for like a year or two, the only person who ever even recognized the last name. Wow. You know, it wasn't because I did it because she was booming. Of course. Um, but now that she's, I mean, there was a documentary that came out a couple years ago and she's, there's a new show coming, a limited series coming out about her that Gal Gadot is starring in. I mean, it's going to be very popular. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. It's so cool to share what a what just like a, an extraordinary human to be part of my history yeah. in some capacity and i'm i i hope she doesn't hate me for stealing <laughs> her made up last name uh i hope that she understands i'm grateful for it yeah no but, i think um, that's amazing i just decided to change my own destiny now is that something that you did just with sac you have to go to a court and legally change your name i didn't legally change it no no i mean yeah. i'm still goldman in my passport and if you want the number just ask me you can take my identity it's not that fun <laughs> um my social security number is 264-512 okay and um <laughs> i'm an open book i told you bill uh my credit card number is 612 okay so i think uh <laughs> so so i did want to ask you about you being open book are there are there jokes that you've done that have your fi- has gotten back to your family that have I have felt recently hurtful. taken some jokes out. Are there jokes that you do that you're worried about getting back to your family? Um, I will I'm, tell you this. Yeah. They have never seen me perform live. But don't you have stuff on YouTube? One set, two, and then the rest are unlisted. Because I have stuff like on YouTube that I did a bit about Caitlyn Jenner. I didn't even think about it or I talked about, I said when Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner, she's so brave, she's so brave. I was like, how is it brave pretending you're a 30-year-old starlet in the Lycra onesie? She's a senior citizen. She should have transitioned to a senior citizen. Like, If she looked like my mom, she had like a let-me-talk-to-a-manager haircut and a big college sweatshirt covering her diabetes belly um, and like a rascal scooter going around the mall looking for Beanie Babies or something like that, So, which is a pretty accurate description of God, my mom. God, Bill, you were an edgy comic. So... <laughs> Well, it's just an actual, it's, it's like an accurate description of my mom. And then my mom heard it. She was like, how did you know I have diabetes? And it felt so bad. Oof. It like, it, like kind of, and I actually, Crushing. not even consciously, but I stopped doing that bit saying she should transition to look like my mom because I was like, I don't want my mom to feel bad. But I'm just wondering like, but at the same time you want to be authentic. I feel like a lot of people get more authentic when their parents die. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, I was about to say something st- Okay, so I think I have recently come to terms with the fact that if my parents hear my comedy, they will be upset, but it's not untrue. Yeah. There are a lot of secrets in my family, a lot of things that have been kept unsaid, a lot of problems that have never been fixed. And By the way, they'll never listen to this podcast. You know that, right? I don't think you know my mom. My mom Really? My mom would find the like, pin in a haystack. But I feel like podcasts are the last Hi mom. thing. <laughs> Really? Because I feel like older people don't understand what a podcast. Even I mean, is. who really knows? But in I the want case you to say some, is, I want you to say some revealing shit. That's the point. Well, there's not much that I haven't revealed. Like, I guess what is this just, childhood trauma that you keep referring to? I grew up in an alcoholic home. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think that's a likely so story for a, most you're an adult artists. Child alcoholic, yes. I am, and I'm in Al-Anon. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. How often do you go? Uh, every week. As many times as I can. Can I go with you sometime? Oh my God, yes. People have told me for years ago, I don't know, I never went. It saved my life. Really? I was, I don't know how anyone talked to me before Al-Anon. I don't know how anyone dated me. I don't know how you'd want, even want to put your penis inside me. I was like unfuckable. I was so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, oh, oh, that I'm, cut I'm thinking, me deep. And I'm thinking, like, how fucking crazy is that? How because crazy was she? She was crazy women. I right. mean, it was. I was only dating alcoholics or drug addicts because when you grow up in, were a you home, also an alcoholic? Were you also struggling so, with that? So here's the thing that's interesting is that when I was in New York, it is a drinking city. Of course. The reason I know I'm not an alcoholic is because now that I'm away from the drinking city, yeah, I don't. Care for but you it. did drink in New York, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I drank so I drank more than you should drink in probably eight <laughs> lifetimes. I used I was a bartender for a long time. I would drink a handle of liquor to myself and be fine until eight in the morning. Wow. Except for that one time. But other than that, <laughs> lost so my did, cell phone. So did shut you up, feel, drunk, did you feel that somewhere. you were an alcoholic too? Or it's interesting like- because I think I could go to al- I could go to AA meetings and understand. I could empathize. But I, I could sympathize, but not empathize, if that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I think that I understand. I think there were times where I thought maybe I'm a dry drunk, you mm-hmm. know, because some, but there's just a lot of crossover between AA and Al Anon. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Al Anon means friends and family members of alcoholics or dysfunctional families. Yeah. So a lot of people there you'll hear say, like, my parents never had a drink, but rager or, yeah. um, you know, manipulation, triangulation. Uh, everything that as a child is so damaging, you know, I actually never really wanted to be a mom, but recently I thought, I think I would make a great parent because I would love to just know what it would like to be raised by someone who has tools, emotional tools. Yeah. And I know that my parents did the best they could with the tools that they had. Yeah. But my dad had a very hard life and were they both drinkers? Well, that's the thing is that I really only remember my dad drinking and my mom being super codependent. But now when I look back, my mom was super untreated Al-Anon and she was really caretaking for my dad. And everything was kind of like tiptoeing about my dad on eggshells. And I love my dad. I worship my dad. I looked up to him for so long. He's so smart. Yeah. And I mean, he's like really the smartest guy I've ever met. And he's so talented. Even now he's a killer drummer. Is he still drinking? Oh, yeah. But I think that was like a vice he couldn't give up. He smoked two and a half packs of cigarettes a day for 20 years wow. while he was a marathon runner. Good Lord. So he, I mean, what's the cigarette to mile ratio? I really want to know. I feel like people were bionic back in the 50s and 60s. My dad is bionic shit. now. He's had four hip replacements. Good Lord. But that's what I'm saying. It's like he has suffered the impossible. I, yeah. yeah. Um, and still won't th- eat their burgers. I, but I, uh, no, my, you know. <laughs> It's a really sad joke. No, my dad is an incredible man. And he's been through. Of course. I mean, you you think I'm not saying a lot of stuff because some of it isn't like my place to say. But like there's murder in my family. Sure. And there's like extreme drug addiction and depression. And the way that people died was so sad. And it's like I'm so tired of being attached to that story. Yeah. That's why I mean, in part, that's why I wanted to change my name, too. Yeah. It just felt like I wanted to create a new story for myself. So for you, um, getting into stand-up, was mm. that... is an accident. Yeah. Was it like... For, thank you. I saw Harlan Williams. That's a girl who stole my podcast equipment. Do we need to she go just, track her just, down right now? She just dropped it off. How, how, what, <laughs> run me through your emotions right now. I'll just return this one. That's okay. fine. Or I could have a big and a little one. I just want to tell her she owes me two hours of my life. <laughs> it'll never get back. Hang out in your backyard by myself um, getting bitten by mosquitoes. Um, she's cute, though, so it'll let it pass. Yeah, she's Maybe very, I am she's, a very, she's a very nice lady. Sure she is. I'm sure she would like you. Um, <laughs> 
So wait, what was I just telling you about? You were telling me about like all the fucked up shit in your family. I wanted to ask you though, in connection with this, is did you ever kind of have a moment with your dad where you said, where you wanted to talk to him about how it affected you and make some sort of like, I don't know, like amends occur. People wanted me to do that with my mom and I never have. And I think one time when I was in school for acting, I was like, oh, I got to, I got to confront her. Well, I'll be honest. I'd actually prefer to table this conversation because I'm in my ninth step right now. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, it means I'm going around making the amends rounds. Yes. And so that I haven't gotten there yet. Those are the biggest ones to make. Well, you don't have to make the amends to your father. That's correct. But I don't know how it works in Al-Anon. Is it like... It's there... the same. We do the same steps. But is is there something with Al-Anon where you make an amends to the people who have hurt you because of the of the resentment that you've harbored regarding how they treated you? It's the people you've hurt. Yes. But I thought with Al-Anon, since you're not the alcoholic, maybe there was a different way of approaching it. No. I have an idea. Yeah. Why don't I just take your podcast equipment, then come on a very loud car or motorcycle... And then make as much noise as possible while you're trying to record your podcast episode on equipment that you had to go buy because your podcast equipment was stolen from her. Yeah. By the way, I told her, I go, I have to do my podcast She's banned today. from my life. I don't know who she is, but she's done. <laughs> that can be a story outside the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so in Al-Anon, the way that my sponsor, the way that my sponsor explained it to me was, uh, Someone you make amends to is someone who you wouldn't be hurting further by telling them how yes. you hurt them. It is safe for you to speak to this person still. So, for example, if, like, you and an abusive ex had a past and this person, like, physically harmed you, right? But maybe you weren't – your side of the street wasn't clean the whole time. Yeah. This person isn't a safe person for you to go to make an amends to yeah. because they're physically abusive to you of and course. you don't need to you don't need to re-spark anything or, you know, get back on their radar or have it turn into a situation where then all of a sudden you're getting hurt, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So in those sorts of situations you make a living amends. Where whatever it is Got you it. did yeah. to them, you make a promise to yourself that moving forward you will try your best of your ability to not do those things again. Yeah. And so I think my biggest amends is to myself. Of course. They yeah. usually are. Yeah. Right? So of I'm course. That's Always. What I'm well, you can only really forgive other people if you give yourself, right? Isn't that the idea? Woof. No. No? <laughs> <laughs> there are some people who fucked up in my life. <laughs> Interesting. You know what? I will I will, I will. will hopefully one day go with you to Al-Anon. For real, I'd like to take you up on that. Because I, people have told me for years ago and I never have. At my home meeting is on a Saturday meeting and it, you'll probably see a lot of familiar faces. Yeah. It's is great it, for networking in LA. Honestly? It's so funny because I know it's like stupid. when I first heard about AA Alcoholics Anonymous and then you come to AA there's nothing anonymous about there's AA there's such a stigma around all of the programs which is so odd because I do think, you think there is? yes I think if people it's so cool in LA to be in L and to be in AA I was so afraid of it I thought I was like oh that means I have a problem it's like yeah of course problems. I have a problem I, I think if every single person was raised with the steps or some version of them yeah that we would have way fewer issues in the world yeah I mean, it's really just bylaws by which to live. And yeah. they're simple. It's like, you can't control everything. You are powerless. Although you think, it's basically teaching you not to have an ego, to yeah. be humble, it's to yeah. not be a fucking asshole to people. Mm -hmm. And take responsibility for take your responsibility life. Take responsibility for your actions. Yeah. And for your life, to be an adult. I think that the, the, the best part about the Bible, 
and I've studied the Bible some. Didn't think the I'd ever hear that. The best part but... about the Bible is if you really look at, if you read between the lines, you get over the dumb shit. Uh, it's that. It's really the same shit. I think a lot of a lot of AA and a lot of like landmark and Scientology and stuff mm-hmm. like self help is derived from the Bible that people don't really want to admit because the Bible isn't cool. But I think, I think the Bible something... is pretty dope. Do unto others. I mean, that's the yeah, golden rule. Of course. Like if you go down on me, I'll go down on you. Turn... It's like pretty <laughs> obvious. Turn the other cheek, which is another way of saying don't take shit personally. Turn the other cheek is like if your boyfriend's cheating on you, but you love him, <laughs> just let it go. No, I um. <laughs> God, how many times have I turned the other cheek, Shirley? Um, I don't know who Shirley is, but she sounded right. But you sound like Hedy Lamarr right Thank there. Thank you so. No, she has a little German accent, yeah. but um, which I have to learn because I'll be doing the historical roast in two weeks. Oh, awesome. at the comedy store playing Hedy. They're doing a roast of inventors: That's beautiful. Bill Gates, Einstein. I know my friend Eddie, whose show it is. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> How long have you know Eddie? Uh, four years. No, I'm allowed to be proud of me. I love Eddie. He's, no, if you came up with my guess, you're allowed to be proud yeah, of me. No, he's he's like one of the most supportive, wonderful people I've ever met. Unsolicited, will just send you text messages telling you how wonderful you are. Oh, and that's a good friend, you know. Yeah, Especially friend. as someone who also creates their own shows and knows how much work it yeah, goes yeah. into it to be a producer. Yeah, it's nice to hear from other people just doing the same grind as you. Just, hey, I want to let you know I see what you're doing, and I think you're doing amazing things. Yeah. You know, Eddie's that kind of guy, and he deserves just the best. But um, I wanted to do his show for so long, and I was so honored that he asked me. Now, is this is this live, or is this also filmed for this Comedy Central? This is a live show. Live but show, okay. they, are, they're, they have six episodes out on Netflix. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get a second season. The show's great, and I love Jeff Ross, and they're all so phenomenal and funny. Oh, yeah. God. It was a great show. But that's neither here nor there. What were we talking about? <laughs> so, well, we were talking oh, about... I wanted to say one other thing about resentments. Yeah. So my sponsor also said, you know it's a resentment if you still check up on that person, but you're no longer in communication. You would get an icky stomach in your feeling if you saw them again. If you think about them, you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I love that you said you get ic- icky stomach in your feeling, which is actually a better way of saying it, I think. Did I say that? You said you get an icky stomach in your feeling, like which, which I, I think but is better. But that's correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in your one feeling. I only have one feeling left. No, I think that's genius. Striking out, guys. Um, that's really interesting. So basically, if you go through breakup, you still look at their Instagram. Like, that's resentment. My most recent breakup... I went cold turkey. It was the first time. My, it's the best, right? I haven't looked since we broke you up. You have to go cold turkey. And it is the best thing I ever did for myself. Yeah, yeah, go 100% cold turkey. My ability to move forward has been uncanny. Yeah. I have I have yearned over relationships for three times as long as they lasted because they kept tabs on people. Oh, that's so crazy. You yeah. keep yourself in the story. It's emotional cutting. Yeah. And I think I finally was ready to do it a different way. And move forward with my life with dignity. Yeah. And grace. Yeah. And it is really, I mean, woof, this program changed my life. And mm. I started Alan on in stand up kind of around the same time. Interesting. Yeah. It's that makes inter- sense, though. It helped you like have more integrity with your word. And- well, also allowed me to not be as afraid of everything because yeah. I was so afraid of people hearing my voice and hearing my perspective and speaking, literally being seen. Yeah. So let me ask you this Do you think that the reason you're not a scientist or head of a hedge fund or whatever it is the potential of your academic achievements was because of this emotional childhood trauma that somehow in a very ninja-esque way subverted those those aspirations because it, ma- it made do you do you i guess my question is do you feel that becoming an artist is a natural outgrowth of trauma i think i can affect change more by being an artist yeah 
But do you think you became an artist because you're fucked up? <laughs> or do you think that, do you think that's... Chicken can, or the egg. Yeah. I think you are, can be born an artist. But yeah. also trauma is in your DNA. It's in yeah. your genetics. So, you know, the way that you and I... The way that I, the way that I may react to someone opening a sauna may be very different than someone else's. Open I just a see a sauna? opening the door to a sauna and just seeing steam in a room. I be, it might be like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, my people have been through that. I know where <laughs> that fucking tunnel leads. Oh my god! I was on shrooms once in uh, Palm Springs with my name dropper. <laughs> I won't say with who because she is a professional, but. Um, I mean, I do shrooms like what? Once every eight years. So almost never. And I have a video. I'll show it to you if I can find it of me crying hysterically while on shrooms saying, I just want to perform. I love being an artist. I just want to perform. It's so adorable. And then my friend and I were going into this. We were walking through the spa. We were in this like gorgeous, expensive hotel. And all of a sudden I saw the steam room and I literally, she's Muslim. I ran the other way. And she's like, wow, that trauma runs deep. Wow. Yes. But I had this vision of me as like a like a 40s jazz singer, which was pretty cool. And then I was sitting on this, I was laying down on a couch and I heard all these white women in a circle talking about their husbands and the problems they were having. And I was like, I couldn't want to be further away from these people. I had to plug my ears with my fingers and meditate and pretend there was a gold light all over my body just to escape them. And then when I woke up, I was in another dimension, basically. But I have never let go of the idea that art is the only thing I was meant to do this whole time. And it's... It has always been the thing that I've wanted to do and fall back to back on. Like anytime I got drunk in college, like people would make me sing. I would just improvise songs for them all the time. Wow. And I remember this one time I got so drunk and I got a kiddie pool and I put it on my front lawn and I put water in there and my friend came out with a guitar and I just started improvised singing. And I would say within 30 minutes, there were 200 people on my front lawn and they wouldn't let me leave the kiddie pool. They kept, what do you want? A joint? What do you want? A drink? What do you, like no one would let me leave because I was like entertaining a crowd of people. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like the person who I am when I was drunk, when I was in high school, uh, not high school, I never drank in high school, uh, in college and like after college, that's the person I wanted to be. I wanted to be like this artist who is free, who could do whatever they wanted. You know, even when I was working in bars, I felt closer to being an artist. Yeah. Because you're around a lot of artists mm-hmm. because that most of their survival jobs. Yeah. And uh, now I can't even, I hate the smell of alcohol. I mean, I just, it's just, I, I can't, I don't like drinking. I don't like smoking weed. I don't do either. Um, but you know, a good shroom trip. Every now and again. No, why not weed? Too paranoid. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And also started affecting my voice. Your voice in terms of your little physical voice? Ah, Yeah, I think I am too weak for this world. I won't survive the apocalypse, Bill. (laughs) You must be Ashkenazi. I've come to terms with that. No, I am the person at the gym, though, wearing a backpack on the Stairmaster, though. (laughs) I'm like, there's like a 1% chance I'll survive. Um. But yeah, it's it's been an interesting road for me. And I think a lot of it had to do with me overcoming my fear. And every day I still battle it. 
Yeah. Sometimes I'll say to myself, you're not good enough to get on that show. That's why you haven't been booked yet. Or I think, why didn't I get that yet? And I'm like, because you're not good enough yet. You know, it's like every day you have these voices in your head. Like, why am I not a series regular yet? It's like, oh, you'll never make it. You know, it's like you can put that on loop or you could do something about it. It was really interesting about that, by the way. And we should probably wrap this up because you've been on for you've been amazing. and Jenner's been on for a a, a nice long time. Um, But I feel like. uh, uh, we should wrap this up because it's it's. I feel like I've taken so much of your fucking time, but there is there is a syndrome. Hours. There's a syndrome <laughs> called. I wish I could remember the syndrome because it's so imposter syndrome. Is that what it is? Yeah, when you don't feel like you no, belong. no, no. It's a different one. The syndrome is basically people. Stockholm syndrome. People no. Do you want to keep answering the question? Okay, yeah. I forget. No, it's the name of like the people who did this research, and the idea is that people who are the least talented often have the most drive. Because they, because a lack of talent is correlated to a lack of self awareness. Whoa! Right, like really talented people have higher self awareness because in order to be talented, you have to constantly judge yourself and change yourself and affect how your voice sounds, how you look. And you have to constantly like do micro improvements mm-hmm. as you, you know, improve in talent. But if you're delusional and you think, "Oh my God, I'm so good looking, I'm so talented." And you just have that crazy monolithic drive. Um, then That was which, me five years ago. <laughs> what's interesting about that is because Hollywood is a place that does reward a lot of drive. You can be very untalented with a lot of drive and do very well. But just have like, I'm going to fucking make it and just go like straight for it without any self-awareness of how hard it is. So, so, so it's an odd thing because you can't make yourself less self-aware of who you are. You right. know? But the idea that you could actually be that person who's sort of completely oblivious to the realities well, of life and make it is a bizarre concept to me. It's, I feel like Jesus and the Romans at the same time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, I can just be the person who's just whipping my own back. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, over the, it, it used to be really bad before I got into program, but, you know, it was like the littlest mistake would have I me I love how you just a subtle thing to remind people that wasn't Jews who killed Jesus. I had to say that. You had to do that. <laughs> you had to make it. <laughs> Thank you, Bill, for picking up on that. I chose that word very carefully. Like Jesus and the Romans. Jesus was a Jew. Calm down, people. Yeah. He's one of us. Sorry. <laughs> and he was not white. He was Arab. Oh, yeah. I bet you Jesus was sexy as fuck. Yeah, I mean, look at those abs. Oof. And the hair, the long hair. Yeah. People had the perfect amount of scruff, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like just just a little more than five o'clock shadow. Yeah. Yeah, that savior scruff. God kept it trim. Yeah. Well, anyway, that savior scruff. <laughs> Jesus. Literally. <laughs> anyway. um, Yeah, I don't know. I've just, I think I've really come into my own now with the help of stand-up and program and just facing my fears you know i've got my own podcast i record the comedy Your podcast store. Is called what again falling in love with leah lamar i and set two single about? friends it's, up oh, on a you, date you set up friends on date on the podcast i interview them individually and then i have them together in the room we do some of the 36 questions that lead Can to love please have me on your podcast are you single i'm recently single yeah how recently single it's for people like, who are ready for a relationship well that's never gonna happen hilarious but, but um, like I have some success stories. But but no, let me put it this way. And I'm proud. Is of anyone, is it, I always always have this idea, like you know, after a relationship, you should grieve. You need time to grieve. But at the same time, I know people who don't grieve, and then their next relationship, they're like married to. So I, I the idea of taking it's different time, for everyone. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, 
do I need time and space away from the relationship in order to grieve? Probably. But could I meet the love of my life on your podcast? Probably not. But would I do Great it? Pitch. Yes. Great pitch, Bill. <laughs> so then we do some of the 36 questions that lead to love by psychologist Arthur Aaron. Uh-huh. Then I have them stare into each other's eyes for four minutes of uninterrupted eye contact uh-huh. without verbal communication. I used to be a tantric yoga teacher. I get that. Yikes. Yeah. And then uh, we've got more questions. Yes. And then I leave the room and they go on a date on the microphones and talk to each other one-on-one about their experience and about life, wherever it goes. That's awesome. And they come back in and they wrap up with me individually and let me know if it's a yes or no. And if it's two yeses, then I have them exchange numbers. Do you film this as well? It's filmed a comedy store, but it's not like sit. It's not like got to get a producer to film it more. That's fucking genius. Thank you. That's yeah, like the better. That's like the best reality dating show I've heard of. Thank you, and it's really fun, and it's great, and it can get intimate, it can get awkward, it can get deep, it can get funny. It has lots of different levels to it. People love it, and I'm really grateful for it. I have so much fun, and I fucking love the podcast, dude. The comedy store. We all have much, a good time how much, there. How long have you been doing it? Uh, I've been recording for a year. However, I've changed the format. And so I scratched a lot of episodes. Got it. And so we just released episode eight last week. Um, tune in because we have a lot of fun. I'm going to have a follow-up soon with people that have been dating for almost three months on my podcast. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. Yeah. They both have texted me multiple times being like, we also can't believe this is still happening. And we talk about you that's a lot. Awesome. And we're really grateful for you. I'm I like, I'm incredible. like Rumpelstiltskin. I want 10% of your firstborn. <laughs> I'm telling you, I want to go to Al Anon with you and be on your podcast. Great. You got it. And I have a web series <laughs> called The Real Witches of West Hollywood. We just, and that's something you wrote and create yourself. And, yes. And you're editing and everything. It. You're an amazing chick. I'm really proud of you, Leah. I will fuck you up <laughs> after this, Bill. Uh, this is Bill's formal announcement that he's actually homosexual. And <laughs> honestly, Bill, it's okay. I'm a safe person. Many people have come out to me. I wish I was gay, man. I'm, I'm like so many people thought I'm gay that I'm like, man, I should just fucking just take a dick once and just. You you uh, t- you can't know till you try. I tried and I didn't like it. You tried a dick, you didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gay. I wish, please. Um, no, I think Punky Johnson is my type. If Punky I'm going Johnson? for one, Punky. Who's Who's Punky Johnson? You don't go to the comedy store enough. No, I Punky don't go to the comedy store. I'm laughing. Is guy. yeah, Laugh Factory. Punky is my favorite person in the entire world. I know the name. Well, you'll look her up and you'll find out the truth. <laughs> Punky's my favorite person ever. Uh, okay, but back to me because hello. Yeah. Um, we just premiered at Dances with Films at the Chinese Theater. Nice. It was so cool. And we've been getting into tons of festivals, which is crazy because it's like you have this stupid little idea. It's a fake reality show. It's a mockumentary witches. of witches, but we're Jewish. Jewish. We're Jew witches. Why do they have to be Jewish? It's so racist. I mean, it's like Broad City, but okay. for witches. Yeah, but we're like meets Real Housewives. I could see you what being we the do next. In the what's that chick's name? Who's that? Who's the girl on Broad City? Alana Glazer. She's the best. She is my idol. Yeah, second below Joan. Anyway, <laughs> who R.I.P. I'll see you in heaven soon or wherever you are. Um, under I I if I get any plastic surgery, I'll probably <laughs> die because I'm not surviving the apocalypse. But um, so then I have my series, which is super fun. We're releasing our fourth episode soon. It's like my pride and joy. I fucking love it. And I work with my friend Carly Tamron, who's just like a little angel goddess genius. And we have the best time. We It is a 50-50 partnership and we have the best time together. And then I've got my live show nominees, which is an acting improv competition where everyone comes in Oscars attire. It's the most fun. My life is pretty fun, Bill. I'm not going to lie. And Sounds I'm working great. on a couple pilots and a feature I just got a lot of stuff cooking. Damn. 
I'm tired. Let me grab one of them coattails, girl. Yeah, do you understand how valuable an hour here waiting on your couch it was? It sounds like it. You know, it's, you're going to be one of those people, and by the way, I know a lot of these people, who one year I could get them on my couch for as long, and like a year later, they're like, you know, call. Let us pray. Email. Like, <laughs> here's my email. There are people I'm like, you wanted to hang out with me, and now it's you give me your email? Okay. Yeah. So I think you're going to be one of those people. When we I'm, should have a I'm, code word for when I've become too Hollywood. <laughs> No, it's it's gonna it's gonna be legitimate. Like like I'll, like you could say dairy cheese. Like Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> like Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. It, I like dairy cheese. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, what's up, dairy cheese? Really, dairy <laughs> cheese? You're good to me. Hey, how you doing? You know how I know it's dairy cheese because I am so, like, I feel flummy right now. But didn't you like the fact that I, that I didn't question that you? I didn't say like, what do you mean, fuck me, dairy cheese? You I'm couldn't like, question me. Like, here's I've this. been waiting for you for an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um. I could talk to you forever. You're very interesting. You got a lot of really cool stuff going on. I can't wait to so so pitch the shit you're doing. It's called the Real Witches. The of, Real Witches of WeHo. Of that WeHo. on Instagram, Real Witches of WeHo, or the Real Witches of West Hollywood. My web series, super fun. Um, we're looking to take that somewhere else, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Soon, my podcast, Falling in Love with Leah Lamar mm-hmm. on Instagram. It's Falling in Love podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. I don't know why I say us like there's anyone else who works on this but me. I always say we. I always make it the royal we. Do you have like a big editing room in your apartment that you're just like a mad scientist? That is my back whole. In the lab? That is my life. My life you're is incredible. My is I have a desk outside my bedroom where I can work. I have a, a little 1920s secretary desk, and then I have my bed, which I actually do a lot of my best work in with my vibrator. And then <laughs> so upstairs, I have two dining areas. Uh-huh. I live in a duplex. It's hard to explain. But um, if you wanted to know what being luxurious is. <laughs> Ooh, duplex. You have one of those spiral yeah, staircases? Certainly not in West Hollywood. You have one of those spiral like... little staircases going no, up? No, it's just a regular staircase. Boring. I know, it fucking sucks. But um, I've got a great couch to work on. I got a lot. I get a lot of Instagram work done on that couch. Yeah. And then I've got one dining table that I do most of the that's where most of the magic happens, where I eat a lot. Wow. And um, then of course I just uh, you're gonna be running a studio in five years. Let's make it three. Okay. Deal. All right, Bill. <laughs> All I'll, right, Dairy Cheese. I'll see you at the top. <laughs> um, um, you know what's so crazy is the first project that we're working on in my new studio is uh, rent, and I heard I just think you'd be so great. Uh, you know, so fucking funny. <laughs> I wish. Five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes. Oh, I'm terrible. Anyway, um, yeah, we're both fired from home. <laughs> no, you can really, you can really sing, and you, and you can, yeah, you're so, you should do like a cartoon. Bring your, bring your art. Back I just into the signed game. with a VO rep with Abrams last week, and I just had my first VO audition today. Things are, you know, you're never going to talk to me after this. You're going to blow up tomorrow. That's so fun. It's for a commercial. Calm down. <laughs> no, I mean, why don't you illustrate a cartoon? And have like, you could have like a, an animated series of the witches of West Hollywood. The too. face is just a Jewish star. <laughs> it's just a nose. <laughs> um, anyway. God, am I so lovely or what? <laughs> you're the best. I think you're amazing. I feel disappointed in myself this podcast because it took so long. That's what I was hoping would happen. Yeah. 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 Basically, it's typical. Just passing on that one disappointment I had from Cornell <laughs> to everyone else for the rest of my life. Um, so they, you know, you're, they're the real monsters. You're, you're, uh, you're seriously, you're, you're great, and I hope that Thank I you. hope that things happen in a huge way for you. I think I think they will if you Aww, just are as delusional as you should be. I'm trying. Um, all right. So thanks for coming. Anything you want to say? Anything you want to? Uh, oh, my like, personal pitch? Instagram is Leah Lamar. L e a h l a m a r r. Two uh-huh. R's. Don't forget it. I'm not married to Kendrick yet, uh-huh. but if we did get married, like would I? 
remove one of the R's? Would he For take sure. my second R? How would yeah. that work? Would he yeah. dash and then an R? Do you, you like the, do you like the brothers? Are you into the the black guys? Because um, in my head, I'm thinking like, who could I set you up with? I've had sex with this is oh, you think this isn't a game that all of my friends play? Uh-huh. Um, I have been with one half black man. Uh huh. And it was a great experience. Yeah. Would do again. Would do again. <laughs> Did you hear that? People uh, listen to this show. Would do more than once. All right. Okay. Calm down. All right. Jesus okay. Christ. All right. <laughs> um, one last question. No, five I will years, not meet you at a years, pyramid do you, in Egypt. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to be like a head of a studio? Is that a, is that a pie in the sky dream for you? No. No. That's your dream for me. Stop it, mom. Damn it. What is the what is the pie in the sky dream for you? Freedom. A less gay answer, please. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) My five-year dream is to have so much financial freedom that I'm able to showrun any series ideas I want. I am able to help other artists who I believe in fund their dreams and work with them on their projects. I have already been series regular on a couple of shows and some studio features and I'm developing shows and being a part of them, whether it's a host, an EP, actor, writer, whatever it is. Awesome. I, I don't think that you have to just be one person, and I don't want to ever stay in one lane. Yeah. You and Hetty. You, you and got Hedy it, both. baby. All right. Well, thank you for coming and hanging out you're and being so, so patient welcome. while I dealt with all this craziness. But uh, it was worth it. You're, you're great, and I hope, I hope I get to see you again. Thanks for the dominoes, Bill. Of course. Anytime. Bye. Bye-bye. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs>